With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. about this. Pin and pat in hand. 
get it early and beat the caravan. People storm in the gate to get a plate. Them lines packed like the happy land. Either open up with the latest cuts or them rap tools. They're bumped by the latest trucks. From 9 to 11, we do it in the dark. Like we used to do it in the park for the most part. From the very second that the show starts. You witness and compose all, think Mozart, huh? The love received so far has been so hard. There's a few dudes to run, but they would do if they sharp. Man, they so soft. Don't be thrown off any so law. Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks. But back to the regular scheduled program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are! Peace to you and yours. Peace to you and yours. This is Northern Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed, this is your host, Brother Blue Pill. Okay? Very soon to be joined by my co-host, Brother Red. Welcome back. Welcome back. KTL Radio. Welcome, everyone. Make yourselves comfortable for another monumental episode. KTL Radio, okay, family? All right. As we always do around this time, we ask that you update your statuses, you refresh your pages, send out a tweet, Instagram the flyer for tonight's promotion. We are in the building, KTL Radio. We made it. 2014 State of the Union Address featuring... Mr. Dick Gregory, okay? So you are in the right place to be, okay? But we don't want you to deprive any family, friends, associates, or comrades out there. Let them know that you are rocking with the best. Give them the opportunity, you know what I'm saying, to have Mr. Gregory in their living room as well, okay? Spread the word. Let them know. KTL Radio is on. and you in the building? Mr. Mr. Gregory will be appearing fresh off of his appearance on TV One's Hollywood Unsung Heroes. Okay, that was a monumental episode. Definitely, definitely, definitely a, uh, you know, throwback. You know what I'm saying? We were able to get a renewed perspective into, you know, the civil rights struggle when the brother was at his highest strength on the forefront, on the front lines, putting it in for the people and juggling his career as a comedian. You know, that wasn't his first love. His first love was and is, seems to be his people. So that's where his sacrifice, that's where his energy, that's where everything went. And we want to celebrate that here tonight on KTR Radio, okay? So the brother... This will be his third 
State of the Union address here on KTL Radio, brought live and direct by Novelize Radio, okay? So, of course, family, I ask that you be patient with me. I'm refreshing my computer, my studio, and everything. I'm having a little connectivity issues. You know, my computer always during this time. Right before the show. So please bear with me. Waiting on the studio to open, so I'll go open up the line for my calls. Let's see what we have in the meantime, family. Okay, okay. I'm sure that there's some announcements that I can be getting to while I wait for the studio to open up. Definitely, we want to say thank you to everyone who attended KTL University last Friday evening, um, participated in the monumental forum that we had with Mataji, okay? Spiritual healer brought forth a message from abroad, from Yemiya, from the mother of the ocean. Very timely message here at the time of um, renewal, you know, at this time of spring. When all things are renewed, we got a fresh, fresh transmission from the respected mother. Now we're about to get a fresh transmission from the elder, from our brother, from that baton, that father energy, Mr. Dick Gregory. Okay? So I hope that the first weekend of spring was fun and pleasant full for everyone in attendance. Um, for anyone that was befallen by any tragedy this weekend, we send our, our our condolences to you and your family. You know, um, for any of those that face some sort of difficulty, I ask for you to look at the analogy of the the budding flower. You know, that has to bust through the concrete and the soil. You know what I'm saying? These are normally, you know, these transitional periods in time, especially the changes of seasons or the rougher periods of the of, of the year. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you're trying to grow that blowout, you got to go through your transitional peasy moments, you know. That's what this time kind of represents. So be strong, be resilient, hold on. It's going to break through. It's going to happen for you, okay, to be steadfast with your dedication. You got to be there in the moment. You know, you have to be present. So that particular concoction, you know, put those things together. It should always be. Yeah, amazingly, family, I'm still waiting on this computer. Give me. Yes, indeed, family. Once again, please uh, bear with me. Give me a second. I'm waiting on this computer, this studio to open up so I can open up Brother Red's line. <laughs> 
and we could commence with tonight's program, okay? Computer seems to be speeding up now that I changed locations. Okay. Let's see what else. All right. Give a shout out to the uh, KTL Empowerment members as well that are in the building tonight. Shout out to everyone in KTL Empowerment, Feed of Matrix. Shout out to the Feed of Matrix team, of course. Shout out to the Royal Network family. Shout out to the Wealth Portal family. Okay. And we definitely will continue our programming in our KTL Empowerment series uh, next week, next Tuesday. You know, and I love to always um, see the role and the position that, you know, our various guests play in that particular uh, format. So when we're talking about empowerment, when we're talking about motivation, when we're talking about innovation, when we're talking about leadership, you know, who else exemplifies those particular principles other than our brother Dick Gregory? So we definitely are going to be able to get some insight from the elder. He also was at the forefront of the network marketing MLN movement when it popped off. Okay, that brother had the Bahamian diet. He was moving in units. So we could stand and learn from our brother Dick Gregory in the same, you know, in, in the vein of marketing. He definitely has some gems that he can offer, and we'll be getting to some of that tonight. All right? This computer's still doing his thing. <sighs> All right. Switchboard seems to be opening up. Just give it one second. We do have an announcement that we have to make to the family. We want to inform the family, um, especially for those that want to participate this Memorial Weekend, okay, in Georgia, in Moreland, Georgia, this Memorial weekend there will be a festival called Something Fresh hosted by some of the most progressive, positive, forward thinking healers in the business. This is going to be down in um in Moreland, Georgia, like you said, family. So I pull that up, I'm gonna share that with you as well. Okay. Any second now. Okay. Pulling that up. What's going on with this studio? 
I'm going to launch the chat now, open up the chat as well. Yes, you can. All right, family. Got to refresh the page on the studio and open up the chat again. One second. I've never seen this. Get to the studio and there's no studio. Hi, family. One more second. Let me see if I call Red on three-way. At least bring him in for now. Give me one second, y'all. Yeah. Peace. Peace, peace. Yeah, bring me in. Got you in right now. You're on three-way. All right. Peace to the family. Peace to the family. Welcome to Know the Ledge Radio. You are now rocking with the best. This is your co-host, the brother Red Pillar, parting us for the small technical difficulties. But nevertheless, nonetheless, we are in the building. What's happening? Hotep, Black Power, Shalom, all that other good stuff. What's good? Yes, indeed. Is there any way that you can access the uh, studio from where you are. Let's see. I'll see if yes. I can do it on the phone. Okay. See if you can do it because we should have our guests should be in the building at this particular time. All right. I want to give a shout-out to Queen of Four and everybody on her team. We did. Uh, we, we, we were participants in the 24-hour Healed Ourself Marathon, or Healed, no, Healed the World Marathon. It took place uh, Saturday, and I believe it was Sunday. This weekend it just passed. That was We were honored to be a guest on um, a marathon. It was a plethora or plethora of healers from around the world. You know what I mean? Dignitaries that showed up and did their thing. Shout out to Supernova Slum, Ali the Great, and everybody that played their part. And um, in that monumental presentation, I believe that there's a website set up, and you can also go on her Facebook page. If you were not in attendance, if you were not in the building, the uh, the presentation was recorded. And I really, 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 I mean, the brother Blue went in. You know what I'm saying? Like, he truly went in. I did my thing. And people that I, the other people that I would hear, the other presenters that I would, got a chance to listen to, they were going all the way in. So I'm really suggesting that um, if you do have the time for the family that's out there, you know what I mean, I know how y'all are with that information, especially when it comes to healing and wellness, which is a multi, 
multi-billion dollar industry. Okay, so it's it's, it's a multi-billion dollar industry for a reason. Time for us as right. a community and a network to actively play our parts, not become spectators and look, you know, don't stand outside of Whole Foods and peek in through the window. You know, state your right. claims. Claim your aisle. You know what I mean? Like, really, real talk. It's really... And, right, interestingly enough, tonight's guest was a, a forerunner, a forebearer, you know, to that particular movement by introducing his Bohemian diet. I think it was in the late 60s, if not the early 70s. Nonetheless, you know, many people got an idea about nutrition and dieting through his self-sacrifice. And as we saw his personal story on Unsung Heroes, you know, this was a sacrifice or discipline that came by way of other sacrifices and disciplines the brother was putting himself through. He went on a on a on a food fast. Mm-hmm. Okay, to um, to, you know, out of protest. So he One found of himself. Yeah, he he found himself through trial. Like, you know, because people unmistakably believe. You know, they they try to credit this health and wellness thing to. The other people, you know what I mean? They try to correct. They, you know, for for those who don't know their history, they don't know what things have started from. They always want to give credit. Credit is not due. Like this was not nouveau in the '60s and the '70s amongst other people. Okay, even in the '80s when Dr. Savy was out there doing what he does, like there wasn't movements the way that you see it on the other side with this whole yoga movement, eat healthy, the green movement, and all of this. They really, they, they jacked that. They, they came in and took that. Okay? That's not theirs. All right? We were, we were the original get healthy, black don't crack. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, doing the research as to what's real and what's not, what's hybrid and all of this other stuff. And unfortunately, like a lot of other things that we can uh, stand back and look at, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was a lack of support. Maybe it was the, I don't know what it was. But I know that we don't control that industry none whatsoever at this point. We don't even control, we don't even have themes that we package. You know what I mean? Like there's not even a broccoli with somebody's name on it. So, you know, at the end of the day, we need to give credit where credit is due for the pioneers. So there's a lot of pioneers in this building. There's a lot of pioneers in this movement, and they never get the credit. It's always right. the settlers, the ones well, we're not going to do. Right. We're not going to prolong giving credit where credit is due anymore. We do have tonight's guests on the phone, and I want to bring the brother in, okay? We don't want to lose another second. I'm sure that he has a plethora of things that need to be spoken about tonight. We could give him all the praises, all the admonishment that he is well-deserving of. Once he's in the building, once we get him from the switchboard, into the program. So let's start that process off. With no further ado, family, we present to you calling from the 202-291. Mr. Gregory, whenever your line opens, greetings. Yes. I have to wait for the line to open. Okay, it's not going to be as easy as I thought. Got an internet pen bugging lately. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to get into that. 
Because she no more have the NBC and CBS and ABC to cover her dirt and, and in New York City. Do you know how many CIA have been interwoven into the New York Police Department? Are you serious? And when, oh, when, Sister, Feinstein, when Sister Feinstein said the CIA was tapping their phone, the CIA taps every cop in this country, your phone is tapped. Every judge, your phone is tapped, you know. And and every every school teacher, every cab driver, huh? everyone, <laughs> everyone, because it's cheap. A guy told me this like thirty years ago. He said, once you put the stuff up there, it don't cost no more. If I give you a a phone line for thirty dollars a month, or give you one for two pennies, the, the stuff is already there. And so, consequently, when you sit and look at you know the, the big incident. Is when them motorbikers out on the highway there in New York, you know, bumped into the guy and his wife, and they had a confrontation. And had it not been radio like this, and information, we never would have known there was cops out there with them bikes. They do it all the time, you know. In a free democratic society, it's something wrong when you put a camera on the corner. And I'm not aware of it. That's that's not the way you run a free. Now, if you got to admit you can no longer handle a free right. democratic society, then, then, then do something right. else. It's no longer free. Right. right. And and so I remember in 1968, I ran from L.A. to New York, 50 miles a day, oh, 71 days to dramatize world and domestic hunger. And any time Muhammad Ali was in between fights, he'd come out there on the road. And, uh, and and run with me. You know, he run no 50 miles a day, <laughs> you know, but he was there. And it's amazing. Right. I remember I was coming through Arizona, well, and I had a press You ran to, 50 miles a day 50 miles from a L.A. Day. to New York? I left, these, I left April the 21st, arrived in New York City in, uh, in uh, what was it, uh, July the 4th. July 4th. What? 50 miles a day for 71 days, eating no solid food. Hmm? No and, solid. And then you see the, you know, I had a guy ask me in Prescott wow. in Arizona, Mr. Gregory, do you think this would help uh, hungry people? I said, look, I'm born October the 12th, 1932. In the many a night, I went to bed hungry. And I would have loved, we didn't have to to turn on radio and hear about someone who known all over the world is running to dramatize world and domestic hunger, you know. 
And so I just say to the sister, thank you. You know, you hear people talk about do running and bicycling and, and, and marching. Doing Well, you know, two things. The three mightiest armies in the world. I've got to call America quick because she's on her way down. <laughs> America, <laughs> Russia, <laughs> China. China. If you get included into their system, you start off marching. Huh? You see, it's amazing. When you got something good, mm. they even convince the people who's doing it. That's, that technique is no good. Well, tell America that. If you was drafted into any branch of service in America or Russia or China today, you don't get no gun and run to the front. You start off marching, 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 marching. Why? Because if you listen to the cadence, boom, 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 that's your heartbeat. Right, that's your heart. And that's why they take you into the Army. You can be a little sissy. You can't play ball. You, you can't catch a football. And when you get in there with those cadence, that heartbeat, they reduce down to your mother's wound and then bring you back as a killer, okay? Now, they know hmm. that works. So why don't they put it in jail? Why don't they put cadence in jail? They don't. Because if they moose you down to your mother's wound, they can deprogram you from being a killer or a robber or a murderer or a thief. They know that. That's that's why it helps control the population. You know, they, they have they have they have jails before they had farms. I got to eat. I don't have to go to jail. And then that other thing, you listen to to to, to black folks. That's why these type of radios is important. That that voice. You listen to black folks duped in to what? And I don't blame black folks, man. If my grandmother was alive, my mother and heard some of the stuff I be saying, they call the police on me. And then the one thing we're going to have to get out of is, one, is talking about what people don't know. You know, unsung hero. Well, before you get to what people found out about Dick Gregory, you must remember NBC, CBS, and ABC wouldn't have ran it. That, that, that black station, okay, TV1, okay, will tell the world. Yep. One of the one of the beautiful forces in the history of this movement, and he wasn't getting there of the big money. Is Johnny Johnson, Jet and Ebony magazine, told the whole world about you could have this radio show for twenty years. People in D.C., New York, they would come and shoot a picture of your whole family. So the world, with this propaganda machine of a white, racist, sexist. Of white supremacy nation. Now, most white folks don't even know what white supremacy is. My, my mother thought white supremacy was the Ku Klux Klan. You know, when you stop and think about something, white businessmen in America are the most powerful, many of them vicious, devious, thuggish businessmen in the world. Okay? And, and when you sit and look at that business, okay, who they would kill to survive or to keep you from surviving. So we buy into that because that's all we know. Okay, we buy into that. I mean, my mother, if she was alive today and walked into your studio tonight, you would think God just spit her out. She's so precious and sweet and kind and loving. But if you try to convince my mother Jesus Christ wasn't a Christian, she'd stomp everybody in that studio to death. 
because her <laughs> ignorance never permitted her, permitted her to know that Christianity never happened to 300 years after Jesus Christ been killed. She didn't know that. Right. She kept her King James verbal. She she didn't know who King James was. She just thought King. She didn't know King James was King of England. She didn't know that King right. James had a, such a weird uh, homosexual. He hated women so bad he killed his mother, King James, huh? King James. Mm. And so, in, 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 not in, King in, James. Yep, King James. Yes, King James. King James. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's what. See, first, you have to feel sorry for your mother, and and feel negative towards all these black folks that, that wonder why they so. It, it's called slavery. We're the only people in the world, huh? In the world that don't know the effects of slavery. You just think, oh, they gave you a, uh, a piece of job, and you can walk into Saks Fifth Avenue as long as you don't look like Oprah. You're trying to tell Oprah, girl, we know you're big, we know you say you got a billion dollars, but you can't come in this store looking like you look. You know, white folk can. You bring a tramp in here, and nobody knows if it's a billionaire or or. or or, or a bum. Right. But Oprah, right. We, when we messed with you over there in, in uh, where was it? She went to Tina Turner's wedding in, uh, in uh, yeah, Austria, one of them places. Yeah, somewhere. Not another, but they're real cool. They're real cool, man. The man. I mean, she was looking in the window. She going Switzerland, to get that. Yeah. Huh? Switzerland. I think yeah, she went to Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Switzerland. And she was looking at that 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 wallet. $34,000. And they knew who she was, but they kept begging her at the window. You know, they motion, put some makeup on. You know, she didn't hear that. She said, I'm Oprah. She said, I'm not no Negro. They said, girl, put some makeup on because you're scared of these white children in here. Looking like awful. And she, see, you, you can bring them on the show, but you still don't have to understand white supremacy. Okay? And that's why you're beginning to see things change now. Little, I don't think it's, it's changing fast enough to save much, but it's changing. Shows like this, shows like this, you know, there's these blog talk, you know, and, and, and them right-wingers, see, the only thing that bothers me about the right-wingers, man, is is they don't like me. I don't mean Dick Gregg, they don't like my folks, but they're not talking about me. When they scared, when that stuff went down in Sandy Hook, man, in, in six months, uh, the gun sales went up 41%. You see, Malcolm said it perfect. Every bird has two wings, a left wing and a right wing. You cut the left wing off and leave the right, cut the right and leave the left, you're dealing with a ruptured duck, huh? The whole balance is off. So when you when you live in a country where you got this group say they left and this group say they you like a dirt bird flying around with one of the wings mocking. The universal God didn't put that here. Hmm? That, that that you you come home. God ain't never made no jump. I mean the real God. You know I'm talking about the one that, that put the dinosaurs here. The dinosaurs been gone what uh, two billion years. Right? A few million, million years. years. That was before the Catholic Church, before the Vatican, before Christianity, before Jesus. So I'm swinging with the one that that that, that, that put the dinosaurs here. That's also the one that made the sun, the moon, the whole universe. And so I just right. 
I just I bypassed the relay station. Huh? Bypassed the relay. When you bypassed. go to the relay station, see, I'm in Washington D.C. I'm coming to you through the relay station, so they can shut that down anytime they get ready. When I come into the studio, they can't tamper with because I'm there. Right. And so when you look at the propaganda and the the, the the way they control the stuff, you know, then then everything they say, well, uh, uh, black uh, 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 high school uh, uh, students, male, black males, 50% drop out, out of high school. And I'm saying, well, wait a minute. Okay, I'll take that. But how come y'all not laying off 50% of the teachers, huh? If I'm selling 10,000 pork chops at my restaurant a week and 5,000 customers stop coming, my order, I have to change my order. Nobody's changed the order. School budget keeps going up, and they tell me it's 11% black males, hmm? 11% that drop out, not 50%, but because of that slave mentality. And it, 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 I mean, it is outrageous. See, first, we're the only group of people fought to be free and fought for education before liberation. Hmm? When the British was fighting the American nothing but thugs, both of them, George Washington and them punks, man, they wasn't running around trying to beat the British so they could build a college. <laughs> they wasn't trying to. They was talking about liberation. Give me 20 PhDs and $20 billion in the bank. And don't give me liberation that I can be driving down the street tonight in New York City, my brand-new Bentley, huh? $2 billion in the bank, five PhDs, huh? And I hear that cop car, and I look through my rearview mirror and see that light. I have no control. I grab the steering wheel, huh? I grab the steering wheel. All at once, I'm not Ph.D. Dick Gregory, two billion dollars Dick Gregory. All at once, this ain't no Bentley. And then when that cop car passed by me, I say, thank God. I blame God. God didn't have no part of that. That, that. that cop wasn't after you in the first place. That's what happens when you, you put education over liberation, okay? And so you walk around and talk about my community. You black folks don't live in no community. Are you serious? A community is where you control your cops, your banking, your finance, your job market. You control your education. You control every walk of life. You don't control none of that. You live in a hood. And what do you do with a hood? Right. Something you put on your head when you got something you're trying to hide, huh? And then until this mind opens up, huh? Can you imagine what it was like when 98% of your black colleges was in the South with no black state legislators, but the money for your state schools had to come from them? You know what kind of line you had to walk? Line you had to walk? I don't have no problem with that, but don't trick yourself and act like if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be where we are. Well, tell that to real people that see Obama, okay? He 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 went to their best schools. Hmm? He dressed from their best stores. Hmm? He's polite, their style. Huh? And they still treat him like a mangy dog with no education. Yes, they do. That just walked off, a, just escaped from death row. 
people murdering babies and dogs, huh? If that don't wake you up and teach you to stop teaching your children that this is what you have to do, hmm? This is, I know the public got to be taking all kinds of prescription medicine because I know he was shocked. I'm sure he didn't know what he got to the White House, you see. And so I ran for president in 1968. And let me tell you something. If I'd have won, white folks and black folks would have been seriously in trouble. That's why white folks like me because I don't lie to them. Hmm? Seriously trouble. After they swore me in, I wasn't talking about jobs and, and, and poverty right then. No, no. First thing I'd do is go back to the White House and dig up that rose garden hmm? and plant me a watermelon patch. Hmm? And how, how can a white racist system shame you of a whole fruit? <laughs> a whole fruit. Right. <laughs> you, you wouldn't you, you wouldn't mind me walking down the street with a Ku Klux Klan talking to him, negotiating, but it, you wouldn't walk down the street with a watermelon. Hmm? Please. And every day at 12 noon, I'd sit up on the, the White House balcony and eat watermelon and bring, invite people in from all over the world, eat watermelon and spit the seed down on Pennsylvania Avenue. Hmm? And I'd get Lord to London to give me an insurance on watermelon seeds because I know somebody's going to slip on them. And then, then the White House got a lawsuit. And I said, no, 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 you taxpayers don't have to handle it. I'll handle it. And so when you look at those right-wingers, those, those right-wingers, that was your military folks, man. Those were your fields. Those were your West Point folks. They know what's going to happen because they were sick with it and made it. Now they old white Christians, and they're getting ready to die now. Now they're on the front row like black folks do, wrapped in the blood of Jesus. <laughs> and so and so, what happens is, two things, you're talking about the died. Don't let us ever forget the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He pulled off something that I don't know if it's been pulled off in the history of the planet. He got my grandmother, ain't going to be nothing but a Christian all her life, huh? All her life. If she guarded the gates of heaven, she wouldn't let no Muslims in. Hmm? But you know what she did? <laughs> you, know, you know what she did? <laughs> we lost how to eat to live. She stopped eating pork. Not Stop eating pork, the preacher huh? told her. Not because America told her. Elijah Muhammad told her. Well, I think I think that the the people in the population, especially my generation, we don't have a clear understanding about how against the grain that was when they did that. You know, pork was a staple in the black home, was it not, in terms of food? Yep. But why should they? Why why should wrong with it, right? I mean, why should they have it? Again, again, we we mess up. They They was coming out of the effects of slavery, man. If if, if 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 when I was one years old, they cut my foot off and said, oh, it was a mistake. Then don't ask me to run with the runners, huh? That's your fault, not mine. You think you can go through what we have been through? What we have been through and not know? How, how would you know it, huh? Huh? You do more damage, you know, eating pork, less damage than sleeping with your head any other way than north, hmm? That's why if you have little babies, you put a baby in the bed, the baby turns all around. No, it turns north. It seeks out north. When you lay down, the universe pulls.
muscles, every nerve system in your body. Do north, and if you're not sleeping north, then you tear up your whole system, okay? But we think we're so smart because Harvard, MIT, the real white folks on the planet. What I mean by real white folks? See, see white ain't a color, it's an attitude. And if you ain't got trillions of dollars in the bank, you can't have attitude. So if I would have won the election in, in 1968 when I ran, I would have uh, passed a law to, uh, to encourage black folks to apologize to 98% of the white folks. Because the white folks you scared of, they couldn't help you if they liked you. Hmm? And right. when they're going, why they're going crazy now? They could say, well, they can't read, can't write. They could say, at least I ain't no Negro. <laughs> they can't say that now. Well, that's what's running the country. That's who determines what they price of oil going to cost. And so that's why they're going crazy. That's why they're shooting folks and, and and 75% of all white women that was murdered in New York City last year, the year before we don't have the stats for now, was murdered by their boyfriend or husband. That's the economy. And every time you go to a hotel or a restaurant, see a white woman in there with a credit card, that's her that's husband used to have that credit card. <laughs> He's staying home watching the children. And so when you stop and think about you know, where we are. I used to come to New York. I, I, I never liked New York. I mean, I was scared of New York. Man. I'd see people when I was in the military, say, where are you from? The Big Apple, and act like they had an attitude. And one day I came to the Big Apple. <laughs> and only two black businesses in all of Harlem, the largest concentrated black folks anywhere in the world outside of Africa. <laughs> They didn't even mm-hmm. own the Apollo. Hmm? There you go. Michelle's yeah. bookstore was a treat to the world. Hmm? Oscar Michelle. You old enough to remember that? No. No, the people listening, they remember Oscar Michelle. He's the one that, that put If you go, can you imagine if you go to old races, Idaho, and South, they got streets named after him. The one wow. invented, he's the one invented movies. He was making movies for Hollywood, even though what Hollywood was. And 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 the Hollywood's greatest night is called what? Oscar. Yeah. What's his name? Oscar Michelle. They just left Michelle off. <laughs> right. So you gonna wait for New York Times to tell you that's who his name is? Ice hockey in Canada was invented by runaway slaves. Hmm? And a white boy came by one day and got to looking at him. His name was Richard Stanley. <laughs> and that's called the Stanley Cup. Hmm? <laughs> so why do I wait to be validated? Hmm? That's what I like about my, I got a cousin, but he, he can't read, he can't write, and he can't never mess up a question. He say, uh, tell me some of the inventions that Negroes invented. He said, oh, everything. <laughs> I'd have burned this on you to decide what it wasn't. Hmm? I mean, if we picking cotton and white folks looking, huh, and they're not bending over and they're not getting them thorns in their hands, 
then how are you going to be convinced that a white dude created a cotton gin? Who with the malice they had for a slave? Hmm? Who would invent something to ease my burden? And every right, now and right. then the universe of Eli Whitney invented the cotton gin. No, 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 no. There's a lawsuit that went through federal court. The record is there. <laughs> Eli Whitney, he, he went to Virginia uh, in between school, summer break. And he saw these Negroes out there at that little field with that little box, and he went back to Yale and put a patent on it. <laughs> and and the reason you can find the proof, because the folks that owned the farm, they said, well, this this is this was our Negroes. So then it went into federal court. See, every now and then there's all this stuff that, that going to federal court, like Alex Haley. Alex Haley ain't wrote roots. Alex Haley ain't wrote none of that stuff. Alex Haley was recruited out of naval intelligence to put the hit on Malcolm, okay? And I was so shocked. I guess they scanned Malcolm through some of the stuff. He didn't even see that. And so everybody thought Alex was with him to write the book. So after they killed Malcolm, then the book came out, but they changed everything. Hmm? On page right. 122, uh, uh, Malcolm, the book says that Dick Gregory told Malcolm about Elijah Muhammad's women. I live around the corner from Elijah Muhammad. Loved Loved him, loved Malcolm. But I would tell Elijah something on Malcolm before I tell Malcolm something on Elijah. And so that's what that's what happened. Murray Fisher, the senior wow. editor. Murray Fisher, the senior editor of Playboy magazine, wrote all that stuff. Huh? Then something happened. Kentakuda, right? That came out of a white boy's book, Harry Kolanda, who wrote The African, one of the better books on the planet about Africa. Well, you can prove it. I'd have to tell my grandmother to prove it because she don't believe nothing the Negro say. Hmm? And said, oh. said that's just upstate New York. And I think you should do that so your listeners who love and respect you. Huh? There was a case that went before a federal judge brought by Harry Kolanda. And they went in there and Roots and and uh, Kentakuda and Roots was word for word. <laughs> that federal judge went crazy. He talked to Alex and the put like they were dogs, and they were. Said, "I dare you." So, three hundred, six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You bring that check in here tomorrow, and you give it to Mister Colander. And you stand here before this court and apologize and admit what you did. He did. It's on record. Hmm? It's on record. Right. But I don't expect my grandmother to figure that out. She's still suffering from, you know, from slavery, tight shoes, and, and all that old crap. Now, even black people, if you want to hide something from a Negro, put it under a book. Well, I tell you what, if you go do your homework and your research, white folks research. You find out for the last 87 years, black folks spend a bigger portion of their check for books than white folks do. Hmm? Right? Uh-huh. I make $10 a day, and I spend $2 on a book, and you make $1,000 a day, and you spend like uh, $20 for some books. I'm, I'm my, you know, you old black folks know you couldn't go to a black person's house and not see a Cyclopedia Botanica. And they couldn't read or write. They had it. 
for the young folks, for people. Dictionaries, they had all kinds of books. Why? They had it, yeah. They would look at it at white folks, for the rich white folks, huh? And my mother told me, you need to come out to these white folks' house with me. And they got some books on the lock and key that white folk can't even read, huh? And I went out there and fake like I was working till they all leave at 10 o'clock, you know. And uh, start reading. That That's one of the basic things that changed my life, of seeing that and right. feeling that. And then, see, my mistake was, I, I don't know, uh, I, 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 I never saw real white folks, man. In St. Louis, Missouri, we lived in a rigid, segregated pattern, huh? It wasn't no right. stuff that, that, that this side of the rope is for white, this side. No, no, you, you couldn't even go in there. You had your own restaurants, black restaurants. And I listened to these crazy black We was doing better off doing, oh, come on, you was doing better off doing slavery. You wasn't paying no tax. You're going to tell me they force you. You can't eat in my restaurant, so you got to create a restaurant, and you think that's legitimate? And they want to run around and quote the, the universe says that water seeks its own level after being set free, huh? But you just suspend them rules when they come to you. And you oh, you younger white boy, you don't have to go out to no cotton field to look at that. All you got to do is go to a football game or basketball game and see the, the Negroes out there called football backup players picking the cotton and the white boy sitting on the bench with a clipboard. <laughs> Captain caught your feet, hmm? The same thing, and so and so that's what happened. You know, when President Obama won the second term, not the first term, it had been just as bad. Do you know he ran the, and won the second term? Do you know they had a major ride at Ole Miss <laughs> because he won again? And you black folks don't have no problem sending your children down there to play basketball and football and run track from what kind of. The only reason you can't be a fool because of that effect of slavery. Hmm? And white folks, they think they don't know a lot of stuff about us. I mean, huh? I mean, when I was a little boy, I tell somebody, kiss my butt. Me and my friend walking down the street. Nothing happened. <laughs> I tell him to kiss my black butt. He dropped them books and stuff like how many times have you heard black men say, man, I want you to meet Melba, man. She's uh, uh, she dark, but she's fine. You got to qualify that? Hmm? You got to qualify that? How many people listening to this voice now? They've got friends and parents and, and folks that they know that if their grandchild or grandson, granddaughter, son or daughter brought a, a, a Negro home as dark as me, they would have some problems. Do you know there's a whole trend of black folks that marry yellow? Hmm? Okay, all right, all right. And so we listen to what they say, that propaganda machine, huh? And for those of you that you know don't, don't like to do research, all you got to do is, is two things. The royalties from everything that they said uh, uh, that he wrote, Alex, hmm? Uh Worldwide would be like probably two hundred billion dollars. Royalties, 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 huh? Don't you all remember? If you don't know what you gotta do is check it. When he died they had to auction off his farm in Tennessee to pay his creditors. Does that sound like a brother with billions of dollars? 
And see, the great thing about book rocks is you get them every six months. So you can be a drug addict, a gambler, or just give the money away. I can still get paid if you owe me money because all i got to do is go in federal court and attach your royalties. You can't spend them, the ones that's coming in. Okay? So I'm going to say this again. You can find he had to auction off his farm. His estate had to do it to pay off his debtors, like two cents on the dollar. So we walked through here duped, 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 duped. That last book came out about Malcolm with that thug punk in New York that taught at uh, Columbia. Um, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, the Marable, he died yeah, the same uh, week that, the book came out. Huh? The day. He died the same no, no, the day. The day. Yeah. They put him in the hospital and then killed him. That book came out the CIA headquarters, huh? That book came out the CIA quarters. But you're so starved and looking for black heroes. You take entertainers, athletes. Do you know an entertainer and the athlete? I was world-class athlete. I was the third fastest half mile in the nation when I went to college. Yes, you know, athletes and entertainers are the only people that say, if I couldn't get paid for this, I'd do it for free. You ever heard a janitor say that or a prostitute say that? <laughs> you ever heard a preacher say that? <laughs> the biggest two folks on the planet is athletes, and every now and then one of us might slip through. Hmm. Hello, Muhammad Ali. Hello, Jesse Owens. Huh? Hmm. Hello, uh, Jack Johnson. Huh? Have you, you ever seen? You, ever, you know much about the greatest fighter ever lived, Jack Johnson? They Jack Johnson, yes, I do. Huh? Yes, I do. Did see, okay. Did you Did you see the movie King Kong? Yes, I did. Well, that was the story of Jack Johnson. <laughs> my, my father told me that. Yes. It starts off in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why would the gorilla come to New York? Y'all ain't got no trees, and Lord, no, y'all ain't got no bananas. <laughs> what was the significant New York? Madison Square Garden was the boxing capital of the world, right? Right. So he ends up on the Empire State Building with the white woman. He's holding her, and then little Piper Cubs come and shoot him down, and, and he don't hold the white woman up as a shield. <laughs> See, we need to do another one, put him up there with the white lady's hand, and say, roll camera and just smash you and drop and get that out the way. Say, so y'all still want me? Come get me. Hmm? The game. Did you see the Wizards of Oz? Yes. Uh, did you know that was about the Kansas City Federal Reserve? Hmm? Did you know that? Yes. Kansas City. Well, you know how many people don't know that? Kansas City All Federal right. Reserve. Hmm? It was about the transference of the um, monetary system, but yes. yeah, a lot of people have no idea. Yes, that you was know why that's Story being told. Yes. You know, that, that's important for you to know that and share it with your friends, huh? Because Kennedy oh, didn't there. die. Kennedy didn't get shot because his friendliness was Negroes, hmm? And you see that piece Kathy and, 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 and TV One did on me where Kennedy called my house and told me don't go in yeah, Birmingham? And, <laughs> and you bucked on them. <laughs> that, was very, that was very heroic, you know, that he... But take it upon himself personally to try to call you to discredit your relationship with King 
No, this is the type not. of stuff that was no, going no, on. No, 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 no. King was wrong. He was right. Didn't you hear me saying that? As wrong as King is, and as right as you think you are, he's righter than you. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. Here's what he was calling about. The world was looking at Bull Connor, and uh, you heard of Bull Connor, right? I'm asking you this for a reason. Yes. You heard yes. of uh, George Wallace, right? Yes, the, the governor, right. Have you heard of the most vicious white boy there? It was called Al Lingo. You heard that name before? No. See what meanness will do? He, people don't even talk about it. Al Lingo was head of the state police. If you see a state police when you leave the studio tonight, you're walking down the street, is the state police walking or in a, in a police, state police car? Mm-hmm. Which one? State huh? police car. Al Lingo rode a horse, man. <laughs> it, it run into our it run into our demonstration to take that whoop and whoop you till you ran out of sight, man. He 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 gave Bull Connor a whipping. He said, I told y'all not to put that water on those Nagras. <laughs> Boy, stand still. He he gave Bull Connor a good whooping. <laughs> Al Lingo. Hmm? Al Lingo. Now watch this. Kennedy had made a deal with the governor. Wallace and the city of Birmingham say we got to stop this and we have to do it in a way where my reelection cannot be affected. Hmm? Right. So they said we'll give the state of Alabama $90 million hmm? huh. and we'll give the city of Birmingham $30 million and we'll give Bull Connor about $10 million. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to right. pass state legislation that says any city, municipality with a population of X amount, it have to be civil service. Police chief have to be civil service. They knew Bill Connor couldn't read. He knew he couldn't read. So they knew he would step down before he let people all over the world know he couldn't read. That's what Kennedy was talking about. And that was supposed right. to take in effect in nine days, and King jumped him. <laughs> the, the greatest pictures of any movement that went around the world. What's that? That's, that's what strategy is. That's what you do when you go to war. Hmm? When you go to war, you, you strategize. Hmm? That's what he was called in the household. They call me all the time, you know. And they call me and ask me what I come to do. do I, Bobby, Bobby would slip in when I'd come play the Apollo, and sometimes he'd bring his brother with him. Huh? Right. And so one day Bobby said, uh, I need you to fly into a... White House, we got something very important we'd like to discuss. So I flew in. Mm-hmm. Chauffeur came and picked me up. So how you doing, boy? <laughs> I said, boy, do you realize I'm invited to the White House? <laughs> and he's been a punk like you and called me a boy? That the punk pimp you working for is a boy. And so I went back in the airport, got on a plane, and flew home. 
Hmm? I get a call from Robert. How could you do this? We was waiting for you. Do what? You, 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 the silver said, you, oh, I, I, he didn't tell you he called me a boy? Oh, come on, Greg, you thin-skinned? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you called me a boy? Huh? No, 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 you solve your own problem. I get him to solve the problem. Huh? So then I get a call right. two weeks later and said, you know, you're right, I'm sorry. That if you are, if you come in... Just a date we need you. Uh, uh, I'll come pick you up. He said, I said, he said we fired the, the chauffeur. I said, did you kill him? He said, what do you mean? I, said, I mean, anybody was the top chauffeur for the Kennedy family. You know, anybody would be president would want to hire him, so I got no guarantee another president to hire him and send for me, and he called me a boy. Did you kill him? Right. He told he was coming to pick me up, and I brought my wife in. <laughs> and he came to pick me up, and I said, "No, I'll, we need to talk." And so he put me and his wife in his in the car with the big dog. And you know, if you're not too fancy about dogs, so I said, "Look, let Lillian sit in the car while me and you, right here at the airport, sit on that curb over there, like two old dudes." <laughs> and that's what we did, man. I said, oh, take your shirt. I'll take mine off. We said that like two old dudes, man. Discussing what needed to be discussed. It was, he was worried about uh, the first Negro to go to Ole Miss, James Meredith. And it was people killed that day, and not one paper reported it. The riots, right? And you black folks will have nothing wrong with sending your black children to Ole Miss, huh? Ole Miss, huh? And don't understand, you know, but but that black folks are just like a bunch of crabs in a pot of hot water. One once get to the top, you pull them down. No, no, Miss, that's not the hot water, Mister. That's not the crabism. That's the hot water. Make them do that. Hmm? Go out and hang out with crabs, hang out. <laughs> you know, they're not pulling on one another. It's the hot water. I can't swim a little. And if I'm drowning out there in the ocean off, off of Manhattan, you better not come in there to get me. Because I get through, I've even pulled you down. It ain't it ain't my Negro in me. It's my fear of water. I don't want to die. That's why all lifeguards have to be trained how to knock people out. When you're going in to rescue them, okay? Hmm? That's what that's about. Hmm? And so when you stop and think about the effect of slavery, hmm? effect of slavery. do you know how many DJs uh, lost their hearing in the old days? I don't know what it's like. I haven't seen the stats. Because they got them earphones on and that loud music going in. And after a period of years, that affects you. Oh, you might be the hottest disc jockey in town. New York disc jockey, that's big money, man. You big celebrity. But there's a universal God say, I didn't put them ears and that brain here to hear that pounding, boom, 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 boom. So now you're affected by it. Hmm? You know, if you worked in a hattery, you know, men's hats, and that day about 80, 99% of men wore hats, not caps, hats. And so right, hats. You can take that hat and take it to a cleaner's. 
And they get through, they put them and reblock it. You know, that solvent don't mess up the fabric because they put mercury in that mercury, huh? Mercury in that hat. And the people that's doing it, 99% was white. Huh? That mercury that's on their hands, they put in, in a certain period of time, they call them mad hatters because that mercury ran them crazy. If you ever hear that word, mad hatter. Hmm? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay? So don't you think you can... See, if you've ever been, and those of you that's listening, if you have a chance to go by, look up where a paper mill is and, and just put your family in and drive by the paper mill. There is no stink on the planet that comes out of a paper mill. But you know what? The people that work there don't smell it. That's all of us Negroes. We we we, we on this plantation. We, we, we in the stench. And we, we in the stench. And the other thing is, when you when you live with filth, you become filthy, huh? See, what we do, and what the universe, the universe don't don't deal in degrees. Hmm? Degrees. I'm a 33rd degree Mason. Well, the circumference of a circle is 360. Huh? <laughs> you happy about 30? <laughs> okay, give me your dollar, man. Let me change it. Give you 33 cents back. This is this is a game, huh? This is a game. Paganism. You tell my mom about paganism. You talk about voodoo and hoodoo. Hmm. Paganism is where Christianity came from. Paganism is like Catholicism. It's a name. It was the name of what they were. They were pagans. So I'm Christian. Right. I'm Baptist. So then they they took it and changed the words, changed the color, and then made everybody think. Paganism was something strange. Napoleon found out, and Napoleon's a good lesson to how we what we need to do. I got ten children, and if one of them came up with a brain tumor, I do not qualify to cut their head open. That's my child. Just because you're black, you don't qualify to solve this. Hmm? Your son is falsely arrested for murder. You go get a real lawyer. You ain't going into court. You going to defend this. Well, you got to do the same thing with what we've been through. Hmm? What we've been through. The violation we have made trying to peacefully coexist. Hmm? I, I go to war so I can get a pension check, and then you tell me you believe in God. Bible, you guys say, I shall not kill, but it don't mean that when white folks don't send you to war. Oh, the problem in the black community, and I just, I just resent this that we lay this on the so The problem in the black community, ain't no black men at home. We ain't home when we home, huh? Ain't no black men at home. That a damn shame. Hmm? Well, let's look at this. If you have five children now and you just get a divorce and leave or just run off, you're just tired, they will tell you how this will affect your children. Hmm? Children need a man at home. Well, when you go to the military, they don't tell you if you get killed, that's going to affect your family. How is being away from home because I was killed, trying to kill somebody for America, that's okay, but if I leave on my own, it's going to affect my family, and y'all buy into that crap? Hmm? Buy into that? Hmm? So I'm 82, so when World War II was over, 
black men would come home and, and they, they wanted to give white boys GI Bill to go to school. And uh, But they couldn't give it to them without giving it to black men. So that's why most of your integration of schools, colleges up north, they only let one or two in. But all them hundreds of thousands of soldiers, oh, man, Harvard and Yale and them can get over like fat rats because that's a check. You know, you ain't worried about your mama breaking her knee and she can't go to work this week. You're talking about the federal government, billions of dollars. So now they can plan 30 and 40 years ahead of this department and that department. That's what. That's what happened after World War II with the GI Bill of Rights, huh? GI Bill of Rights. You can't get away from it. Do you know as we talk now about 60 veterans commit suicide? Every day they don't tell you that count or they tell you about veterans, huh? What is it? Yeah, I, I found that article by accident. Yeah, you can't walk around talking about singing on with Christian soldier and 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 and, and be close to God and kill folks without it running you crazy. Hmm? Anytime those y'all listen, you got a gun and the Bible in the same house, you should throw the Bible away because the gun canceled the Bible out. Hmm? Hmm? That's simple. See, the answer to all major problems have never been complexity, simplicity, huh? Oh, we got a big case of what they call it, West Nile virus. You heard virus. You heard that, right? Yeah, they saying. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, but you, I didn't ask you did, what they saying. I said, have you heard that? Yes. Okay, West Nile virus, right? So when they hit New York yeah. and hit America, they said, well, how did it get here? It's come by mosquitoes. Where? From the West Nile. Well, how did that mosquito get here? Oh, it, uh, it probably, you know, Got in the cargo bin, got on a plane. Okay, well, now, Egypt don't have no planes direct from Egypt to, to New York's. Makes a stop. So how did that, that mosquito know not to get off at the first stop? See how it works? Before I hate you, you go to Germany, they never heard of German measles. We had that when we knew we were going to war with them. Hong Kong, right. too, right? I'm going to include that. No, because we're going we're gonna to deal with the Chinese one day. That's what we think anyway. Hmm? And so this is a game. And white supremacy just keeps this white boy messed up. Because there's never been a nation, because it's the high powerful, that ever went into Afghanistan and came out. But white supremacy said, America said, get out the way, y'all white punks. We'll handle it. <laughs> You look at all that killing over there. They don't have no. They don't have no airplanes. <laughs> they don't have no flamethrowers. They don't have no tanks. Hmm? Right. General Giaf told them 35 years before we went into uh, to to fight them. Hmm? He wrote a book called People's War, People's Army, in, in Vietnam. He wore a simple New York Yankee baseball cap and a pair of Nike sneakers. Before anybody ever heard of Nike, General Giaf. And we were too arrogant to read his book. He said, give me an army that's willing to die, and I will destroy any army that's willing to kill. (laughs) He did that. (laughs) 
willing to die. Don't come in here just want to be a killer. See, that's how we, that's how we won the uh, the Civil War. Two Negroes were yeah. talking that that new Lincoln and what you know. Sometimes Negroes want one want to be hipper than the other one. Hmm. And he said, "Yeah, man, you just mess around. You going to meet with Lincoln today, man? Lincoln ain't for us. Lincoln ain't but old redneck." So he said, "Boy, sit down. Let me tell you something. You Negroes always want to do things wrong. I'm not going in there and ask him how he feel about." I'm going in there because I'm his friend. I'm going to say, can we bar your army? Hmm? Can we bar your army to liberate ourselves? And we'll give it right back to you. But just throw in them, them two, that sociopath and that psychopath, throw in Grant and Sherman. <laughs> if I get that army with them two psychopaths, man. And do you know when Grant and Sherman, when they went to Atlanta, they beat up Atlanta so bad, they they dug up the railroad tracks and heated them and wrapped them around trees. <laughs> and afterwards, always they take, oh. take them take them two psychopaths back. Hmm? I just need you temporary. Hmm? Just, just for a few minutes. Black folks be sitting around there strategizing and going through all that old crazy. I just need it for a few minutes, boss. Hmm? That's all. <laughs> and see, see, and, and minutes, he knew. Boss. Yeah, see, see, black folks. Uh, did you see the latest Abraham Lincoln movie? I actually missed that one. Okay, you need to see it because in the beginning he talks about his nappy, kinky hair. And all black folks knew he was his daddy was a Negro. We all knew that. Why? Because we worked. Right. Out there, it was holy rolling. It was just a holy rolly rally. You know, they get that whole thing, and, and that thing falls off of them. Doctor, you ever go to a Baptist church on Sunday and see them big fat sisters in the choir, and when that band hits and they get into the element, they'll jump all over that church. Hmm? And if you took a, if you, if you tested them right after, their blood pressure go down. Hmm? Hmm? In them high heel shoes, baby. Hmm? Two, two inches short for them because their, their feet don't look good in wide shoes, right? Hmm? And so, uh, so the, the people upstairs know that Abraham Lincoln, and any white folks knew, knew he was gay. We knew he was gay because it was passed down from black folks. And when he came to Washington, he brought this black lover with him. That's what, that's what, if you look at that movie, that's what his wife's talking about when she's talking about insane. He don't sleep with you know, he's sleeping with the brother. And uh, and so uh, Abraham Lincoln, if you if you have a quarter, a uh, nickel, a dime, or a penny, you know if you listen, just pull it out and just put them according to size. Put the the quarter at the top, and then right underneath the quarter, put the nickel, and then right underneath the nickel, put the dime, and right underneath the dime, put the penny. Now, if you look at the quarter. That's, that's uh, George Washington, huh? Uh, the nickel is Thomas Jefferson. The dime is uh, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And then the penny. Now, if you look at that, they all look in the same way except Lincoln. He's looking another way, plus he's copper. That's that Negro. <laughs> all the rest of them. Uh-huh. White folk. <laughs> And then, right. and then I de- I derated him because the first thing a little child get they get pennies, <laughs> and they and she, oh, it's a penny, 
And how old is the child for to get a $5 bill? And in the South, man, they show you the power of money. We was driving down south, taking food down south. And uh, we had a big truck in Illinois. I lived in it. Had Lionel Lincoln, a white boy, threw a brick. He hit that truck. I was, it was a teamster's truck. Boy, their guns jumped out their pocket. I opened up that door and jumped out and got in the street. And I said, hey, white boy, look at me. Look at my face. Hmm? Don't you try to run. Hmm? You just signed your dope note. You can hit me, but them white boys in that truck. So let me get a little closer to you. And as I move down towards the corner, you move down. But don't get out of my path where they can shoot you. Hmm? And we got, and I said, man, on the way to the corner. What, what, what possessed you to throw a brick at the truck? The, the, the license plate say Land of Lincoln. And I learned something from that. He got to the corner. I said, you better run. Hmm? He threw. He almost got killed, man. The license plate say Land of Lincoln. He went and got him a brick and came back around that corner and hit that truck. Hmm? Now, if this white boy almost lost his life because the word land of Lincoln, he hates, but he don't get rid of the $5 bills that got Lincoln's picture and his name on it. See how that worked? That money thing, now you can see why they're saying God we trust. Huh? Those are the games, the games, the games, the games. And so when you stop and think about how our mind is messed up, I was somebody in Canada one day invited me $40,000 to be the keynote speaker at a Father's Day honoring me. You know, come on, man, what y'all talking about? Y'all don't even celebrate Father's Day in Canada. This is some kind of trick. Y'all gonna pause at me, shoot me from a rooftop. I ain't coming. Hmm? I said, well, no, we just admire you, what you've been able to do. And no scandal. Hmm? Family man, what does that mean? <laughs> the mob of family men. <laughs> Right. Dracula, the family man. But see, I love this white boy because he's so clever. He killed my Jesus and told me to call it a good day, and I'm stupid enough to call it Good Friday, huh? And don't feel no problem with it. Hmm? No problem. Oh. I had one of my Muslim cousins said, man, you, you got to be crazy. I, I said, Merry Christmas. I don't celebrate no whitey Christmas holiday. I said, brother, let me tell you something. Anytime Christmas come on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, your bank closed, you celebrate it. Hmm? Mm, you celebrate it. <laughs> your bank closed. <laughs> Grocery store closed a half a day. <laughs> With your moon pies in them. Hmm? <laughs> when you stop and think about who we are and white supremacy. See, Putin and them, they, they're a hassle. But at the end, it's family. Hmm? It's white supremacy. The real ones that know. Hmm? And so when you hear all them old right-wingers talking, they, they're scared of America. Hmm? They didn't start hoarding guns like that when Obama got They was hoarding them because they know, they look at the Kissinger document. That, that, that thug, man, they put his document in, sealed it for 50 years like he was the president. And some of us yeah. said we went into court and made him give us that document. It's a wonderful document. It talks about useless eaters. And what they got to do to get rid of them. Hmm? Useless eaters. And that's state right. troopers, cops, 
school teachers. He's talking about his own folk. Yeah, well, ain't no such thing as own folks, man. I told you, white supremacy, that's a clique. If you did not tell you, yeah. white. It's ideology and mindset, right. It ain't about white. White attitude, ain't a problem. It's an right. attitude. So if you ain't got the attitude, huh? Huh? You got you got ghetto sisters and that can't read or write and don't have no money to buy no clothes. You ain't taking them downtown to the prom. And that's your sister. Huh? My mother I was the first Gregory in our tribe in the history to graduate from high school. Hmm? You know, my mother didn't come because I was star athlete. I was the first Negro to win a mile state championship. When we always conceded that was white boy race. I was the first Negro to win a state cross country champion. I was like white folks' little hero. My mama felt that the clothes she had, it was shame me. It had nothing to do with that. Huh? She thought that. Huh? That's that's that motherhood in you. And so why are we going to sit down and dog a black woman? Because they want us to. Hmm? Yeah, she wants welfare. Hey, black folks say, I don't want no welfare. What you got wrong with free money when you're on your way to play the lottery, sister? Uh, if I had some time, I would show you how to do it. I would... Uh, See, Dick Gregory, I've got a couple of companies, and, and I can go all the way around the world and take a prostitute with me as long as I call that whore my secretary. That's a tax write-off, huh? Okay. You still call it welfare, huh? Tax write-off, huh? I got to go to you. <laughs> I got to go to you in two weeks to a peace rally. My ticket, I bought right. my ticket. A ticket costs twenty some thousand dollars. Round trip first class. Hmm? Hmm. You know how many people would not be riding first class if they couldn't write that ticket off? See, there need to be a law that said the only thing you can write off on the first class tickets is what it costs to buy economy ticket, and all over that you on your own, huh? Hmm? Tax write off. Them big restaurants y'all got in New York, man. Do you know? If I came to New York and carried you to a, a, a serious restaurant, and just to you and I, man, your lady, my lady, huh? Okay? Uh, 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 a cheap meal would be like $20,000. See that, see that mindset? Why? Uh-huh. See, them type of white folks don't eat because they're hungry. They eat to keep from getting hungry. It's a ritual, hmm? And it's the wine. I explained that to my wife when we got married. And uh, carried up to Ritz Carlton 35 years ago. And I said, I just don't want to be married to a woman that ain't never had a taste. And I don't want you to stick with it, but just a taste, huh? And we get there. And you, ever, you ever go to one of them restaurants where they got a wine book, thick as a dictionary? Yeah. So what do you think that's for, huh? So I looked through there, and I said, Rock Child, 1948. And people in your audience that's listening, they just, wow. And that's not a good bottle of wine. That's one of the better, but not good. So I said to my wife, I said, in a minute, white folks here, to it's called to go start looking. She said, they're already looking at me. Why? I said, get that wine list there. And then turned until you see Rock Child, 1948. Wow. Six thousand seven hundred thousand. 
Don't act like you're surprised. I think we do this all the time. Then the maitre d' came over, huh? Dick and Dilly and Gregory, I'm so sorry when you came in. I wouldn't hit. I was putting a convention together for next week. And, oh, Rockchild, 1948. Mm. Mm. If you'd have bought that here 10 years ago, it would have cost $100,000. Because the French franc was so much stronger than our dollar. All he want me to know is it cost 6000 because I might come in there with my pedigree stuff. I didn't see it. I saw $67. <laughs> Right. Once they found out that, they sent for Eric. Eric, these little boys looking at them old King movies. Eric would wake up to King. He's the clubfoot humpback dude. You call monster? While <laughs> <laughs> he's over there talking, he's taking them, 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 them white folks' menus away. Not the real white folks. They're, they're taking their menus away and brought us the real menu. Hmm? <laughs> mm-hmm. The real menu. They make your salad right at the table. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a piece of carrot. We just cut it. It wasn't cut to you right here at the table. Mm-hmm. And, and so and so, uh, she hated this stuff. She never drank it. I don't like wine. It's them nitrates in it, and saltrates, it kind of mess up my spirit. So, uh, so she said, this, this here. See, we, when I met her, we, we came out to Kool-Aid set, you know. And that's why so many of us got sugar diabetes, because when we hear the universe say you need sweetness in your life, it's talking about human dignity. We think it's talking about Kool-Aid and Pepsi-Cola and Coca-Cola. So we keep running for something sweet, Mm. not the real sweetness, huh? Real sweetness. And so I said, once you go to the ladies' room, you come back, this will be fixed, you know. So I took all the sugar on the table and put it in that bottle of wine. I say, taste that, see how you like it. She smiled, Greg, what'd you do? <laughs> Man, we went through that bottle of cool, that 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 that, uh, that bottle of wine so fast. She said, can we get another one? Yep. Now, when two Negroes 35 years ago in the racist city of Boston ordered two bottles of wine that they had me cost $17,000, police sirens to go off for a 100-mile radius. Oh, now we driving home. And, oh, by the way, that was a that was a tax write off. <laughs> I was I was there uh, sitting up a a meeting for some business folks next week. Mm. This is just four of them, but that's a tax write off. Hmm? Uh, that thirty four hundred dollar pair of shoes I had on that six. $65,000 suit I had all that tax right off hmm? Hmm? are you worried about welfare hmm? Hmm? okay and so when these big corporations have them conventions that have cocaine prostitutes and everything that's a write off huh? okay and so we drive it home and she gets giddy and all you ladies out there and men remember your first drink you got a little giddy so she was she said, Great, let's make a deal. That's when I realized she that woman could never have another drink no more around me. And I said, What kind of deal? So let's make a deal. If I die for you or you die for me, we won't see nobody else. I said, You better try to get that arrangement tonight while we're alive. She said, What did you say? Hey girlfriend, let's don't get into this funny stuff. You die tomorrow, I'm bringing somebody to the funeral. Hmm? Do you understand death? Do you understand death? 
she looked at me and said, what about back for the day yet? And you know, sometimes you say something to somebody, you know they heard you. I said, if we ever learn to have respect for the living, the dead might not die. And she heard that, huh? Whole demeanor changed. Hmm? So it's that whole, the whole thing. And and so if we don't know what this effect has had on us, if we don't know going to work and someone you train, you got two degrees and they haven't finished high school and eventually they end up being your boss. Hmm? Right. So I didn't like to eat at home. My mama one of the good cooks, but on the days when she working for white folks, the food tastes different. Every time they made her mad, that went in my food. That's in her body goes in my food. Hmm? Right. Every day. Oh, and she get mad. Oh, she's a good Christian. She know how to use God as a pit bull. So yeah, the rich man got as much chance of getting into heaven as the Campbell had getting through an eye of a needle. Now white black Christians don't say that for poor rednecks. This was a billionaire person she worked for. The Bible say a rich man got as much chance of getting into heaven as a Campbell had getting through a going through the eye of a needle. I say, Mama, needles wasn't made then. God knew there was gonna be needles. <laughs> How can you deal with that kind of ignorance without being ignorant yourself? <laughs> you say God knew. So God's going to put down an edict, I proclaim, of something that ain't even here yet. Mm-hmm. So why y'all give it to me? And then one day I was, um, went around the world <clears throat> just to see the world. Right. See the pyramids. People still run over to the pyramids. Whatever the pyramids had, it don't work now. Egypt's probably one of the most raggedy countries in the world. Controlled by America. We give their military $1.5 billion a year. That's why they overthrew when they had free elections. That's, that's America, right? So you must understand, if our democracy is so good, why are we running all over the world trying to ram it down people's throat with a gun, huh? Anything right. good, you just leave the so, door and they'll come steal it. I said, if I it's so you, great, what they want to emulate? Yeah, just whole, you know, the whole game, you know. You know. Force it. Guns. Guns. I got to have a biggest army, navy in the world, just so this democracy will work right, you know. And, 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 and so when you look at, you know, that that whole thing. Uh, and them youngsters in, in Tennessee during the movement that started the sit-downs and going into to, to A&P and, and, and sitting down and letting them hit them in the head with eggs and knock them down and, and all of that. And, and they was talking about liberation, not education. And when he came on the black college campuses, it was the black presidents that called the police on him. That's to, to protect his domain for educating you Negroes. Hmm? We don't need no liberation if you educate it. Ha, 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 ha. A white woman with a Ph.D. make 89% per dollar as a white boy. Hmm? A white woman with two Ph.D.s... Uh, 
gets turned down the first couple of times when she applied for Morgan in a white high school dropout. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. That's what your children are trying to tell you. That's why they're listening to them records and you mad because they're saying bitches and hoes and all of that. But wait a minute, what about what about what about, what about James Brown? Didn't he tell you to shake your money maker? What's your money maker? It's a sex organ that God gave you to create new life. And if you sell it, you can refer to it as a money maker. So he told all oh, y'all to shake your money away, and you just got out there and boogie that didn't buy because he's your man. Yeah, you grew up with him. Now, the only problem I had with James Brown is James Brown would have said, uh, now I'm black and I'm proud. But they say black and I'm proud? That boy used to put so much conkaline on his hand and lie and straighten it and conk it and all that stuff. He looked like something escaped from the zoo, man. And now he's going to tell me I'm black and I'm proud. If he said, now I'm black and I'm proud, huh? Right. I ain't always been, huh? But y'all loved it. Oh, y'all just loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. And you New York folks, y'all mad at these little, little, little black boys for wearing their pants down low. Well, let me tell you this. Get the New York Daily News this year, January the 10th or the 11th. They have a ritual. This was the ninth year. Every January the 9th, you got the young whites. They had some old ones this year. Get on the subway with no drawers on, just a shirt hanging down, and the girls have no drawers on, and they pride they they they're so proudful of that. Y'all y'all read it, get get it, read it, huh? Yeah, I, I missed that one. Huh? I said I missed so, that story. Yeah, when do y'all think y'all the overseer of Negroes? Huh? You overseer your family? Hmm? Mm. I used to hear my mother and them would be a big crime. Committed. Twelve people was murdered, and you know, didn't have, wasn't no such thing as TV. And you hear them, I hope it wasn't a Negro. Oh, you do? Then who do you hope it was? A Jew? Let me tell you. <laughs> you didn't say you didn't hope it happened. I hope that didn't happen. No, no. You just said, I hope it wasn't a Negro. Are you crazy, Mom? Hmm? Are you crazy? And do you know, you black folks know when you teach your child, you got to be twice as smart, twice as smart as a white. Do you know? See, children don't hear what you mean. They hear what you say. I called home one day, one of my daughters answered, Dad, 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 Dad. I said, call your mama. Tell her, come to the phone real quick. I got a plane I'm getting on. I want I want to talk to her. I want to yell at her. And I heard my daughter say, why, Daddy, want to yell at you? Hmm? They hear what you say, not what you mean. So when you tell a child you got to be smart, trying to be smart, in their mind, you tell them that they stupid, huh? That white folks is smarter than them, huh? Okay? That's what you're telling them. And when you tell her, I have seven girls and three boys, huh? I would never dare when my boys get ready to go out to lecture to them on how to react if a white, racist, Negro-hating cop come upon you. Be polite. Do you know it's a violation of God to teach a child to be polite with filth? To be polite. Huh? That's like a Jew teaching that you. You see one of them Nazis run up on you. Be nice. Uh, you know, make like they just normal people. Smile. Hmm? You make that I child. never do that. You make that child think it's the criminal children ain't no fools. If I'm as right as I am, then you telling me how to behave, they must be righter than me. Hmm? 
because then they subconscious, they can't even find them. They mama and daddy love me so much, you're going to teach me to respect filth when death is better. Hmm? When death is better. Huh. Police brutality, you know. How I many of you black folks have ever seen a white family on TV crying? <laughs> that Negro pop shot my husband. My son in the back of the head forty times. How you think it's because black folk don't black cops don't do that? Because they more spiritual, better trained. No, they don't do it because they know white folks ain't gonna tolerate it. <laughs> That's what they know. That's what they, they know. That you hear me? And so, as a black man, in less than twenty years, I'll be a hundred. Huh? And I have never in my life. Never in my life heard a bunch of black men complaining because a white racist cop took their nightstick and hit their car. How many of y'all have heard that? What does that mean? That means you can shoot my mom in the back of the head? You can snatch her off the street, rape her, kill her? Huh? You can do anything you want to do, but you better not mess with my car. Black man referred to his woman as strong. Ain't another man in the world called this woman strong. But say, I want you to look at this beautiful pickup truck I just bought. When did your woman get strong and your truck get beautiful, huh? I'll tell you when. When white folks go against black men, that the black woman was ugly and convinced black women that she was ugly. And I looked at her and saw something in her so beautiful, but the white boy told me she was ugly because I can't use that word, so I use strength. I see something there. I say, you're a strong sister. You're a strong sister. And it works. See, the worst thing is, if when I've been duped to believe that a black woman is ugly, and I don't know I believe that, when when she's been duped to believe she's ugly, but she don't know it. Now, you go all over the world like I do, and, and women get their hair fixed, and it's called hair salons. Only in America will you convince me I'm ugly. I go to a place called a beauty parlor. <laughs> <laughs> and I get making appointments to come back because this ugliness ain't gonna leave. I'll be back next week, huh? Beauty parlor. I keep the ugliness in check. Straighten it out. Beauty parlor. Nobody on the planet calls that except us. If I come by there in New York and I'm gonna spend a couple of weeks with you, we're gonna do a book. And I think something's wrong with my eye. You take me to the eye doctor. I said, I think. Got the headache to take you to the doctor that deals with tubers. Yeah. Uh, to feel bad, you take me to a dentist. My feet feel you take me to a... You go, person that fit what you think is wrong with you. Hmm? I say that because uh-huh. anytime your head hurt and you haven't been hitting the head, it ain't coming from your head. That's the body. Send a message to the brain that something's malfunctioning. Huh? And so I go to a beauty parlor because I think I'm ugly. Hmm? And I'm not aware that I think I'm ugly. But when I saw little girls in high school walking down, switching, and, and didn't act like they was ugly, all the other girls said, she thinks she cute. <laughs> and they think about it. She can't be cute. She can just think she cute. <laughs> <laughs> and if she think it long enough, she becomes cute. Hmm? Hmm? 
Mr. Newton was a breasted like how little the legs are. Everybody won't take Mary to the prom because she's just a cute little thing. Hmm? Black woman, huh? Black woman. Hmm? I've had 10 to 11 my first one died. I had uh, 10 to. And that means that God, the universal God, not the church. I love the church. I go to church. I go to church. I send my children to church. You go to church same way you go to the movie. Enjoy yourself and don't disturb the people sitting on each side of you. Just enjoy it. And a whole lot of y'all go to church and can't wait to get out to go get your liquor. Or your crack. Or that other woman. Or that other man. Come on, y'all. And so, uh, my life, strong as before, those of y'all ever come see me. Tomorrow I flip the phone. You am I back? Can you sure. Hear me? Yeah, 90% yes. of my audience is white folks. Hmm? White folks. Hmm? And I open up saying the strongest two forces in the history of America the black woman and the black church. Hmm? Hmm? Black woman and the black church. Hmm? Yep. When I couldn't go nowhere, the black church opened the doors and, and said we had Bible class. They knew I didn't want to read no Bible. That was just where you could, uh, you get lunch yeah, since school was closed. And we babysat it for you because your mother had to work. Your dad had to work, so we here the black church. Hmm? When I lived in New York and my uncle, I never lived there, but those of y'all that did, and your uncle died in Mississippi, and you had to get a P route, so you went to your black Baptist minister, and he called ministers, and they set you up with a P route because you couldn't sleep on the highway. Cops would kill you. Uh, white folks would rob you. You couldn't pull in a filling station and use a washroom. Huh? And so the black minister, when you went there, you was like royalty. You got there, they was waiting for you. Some of them took the day off because you was coming through on Tuesday. Gave you a big old thing of Kool-Aid big old basket of fried chicken and all the other stuff. You was on your way all the way in to the funeral and all the way back. Huh? Mm-hmm. That was the, the black church, huh? Black church. Right. Your son or daughter was in trouble at 4 o'clock in the morning. You didn't know how to spell lawyer. At 4 o'clock in the morning, you called the minister. And the minister called an attorney that was in the congregation and and he met you at the courthouse, huh? At the jailhouse, huh? And it was because of that they ain't gonna whip him no more because he's uh, he's not like them other Negroes here. Huh? Rent was due and you was short. Wasn't no payday loans. You went to the church and a little kitty sitting there. Hmm? And with all of that, my mother, Christmas, huh? I still can't get over Christmas. It was so beautiful, quiet, quiet. I had my own money. I bought my own stuff. But Mom and them, anything under the tree that was wrapped, you know, was new. If your brother, your mama's brother gave you a bicycle that was used, he put that in the kitchen, you know, because nothing but new stuff went under the tree. And when you and your brother sister was opening up your gift, you wasn't arguing. You wouldn't say mine looks prettier than yours. They all look the same because they came out of that tree that was put there with love. Huh? 
and everything fit. How my mama knew I wear uh, uh, thirty one long? They know it. That's Christmas. <laughs> and then next year, two weeks into the new year, she started putting the money away for Christmas on the layaway plan. Uh, they charged her for keeping it there, and they charged for paying on the installment. She didn't care. Christmas for my children. And then my mama gave it to us and told us a white boy gave it to us. Mama, mother, mother, forgive you because you didn't know no better. Can you imagine a Jew being stupid enough to give gifts to their children and say Hitler and some Nazis brought it? And y'all think them PhDs make a difference? Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Cop beat up two brothers walking down the street. Cop beat up one, the other one get away, kill one, and the, the black sister. Thank God he didn't kill both of them. Hmm? Hmm? What? What? <laughs> and the only thing good comes out of that is we have messed America up. Hmm. See, there's a white boy ride on my back. I wake up in the morning looking for him because he wants me to ride. He wants my wife to ride his wife, and we go down to the to the lake on my back, on her back. And I got my hands in my pocket. He got his he got his legs around my neck. And he said, "Come on, buck, buck, boy, shake me up." And then one day he didn't notice something. He's on my back. She's on my wife's back. But notice, I don't have my hands in my pocket. And she don't have her hands behind her back. I got my hands around your legs. What used to be a ride is a trip now, boy. (laughs) I'll never kill you because God said that's ugly. I'm just going to kill me. I have had so much of this. I'm going to commit suicide. I'm walking to that lake and jump in. But you can't get off, huh? Oh, you didn't notice that, did you? Now you jerking and pulling. You know you can't get them off. You call me a big buck, right? <laughs> it used to be a ride. Now it's a trip, okay? Hmm? And so we don't need y'all. These young children coming through with some attitudes. Hmm? And if y'all haven't heard of the Indical children, you better look that up quick. We hit this planet in 1985. It's the second coming. Y'all looking for the second. You can go turn it. The next one going to be a white boy like Jesus. Huh? Second coming. They're already here. They call the indigo children. The one came up. That's the crystal child. And this year is going to be the fifth child. They're born with IQs of 200 and go up. Okay. And they don't take no stuff off none of y'all. And most of them end up dead, especially in the black community. Because you think they're mentally retarded. You, you don't even understand when God sends you something. It's not crazy. So you got them on Ritalin and all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one day when you, black brother and sister, understand who you are, can you believe white folks that enslave you know who you are and you don't know? Do you realize that nobody has been through the pain and torture that black folks have been through? Mm-hmm. The Indians kind of, you know, got rid of theirs quick, you know. They fought them and they got killed. Every now and then they kill a couple. But we tolerated. 
There's a universal God law that says, I, your God, before I let you stoop with the dignity I gave you, you stoop with my dignity just before you can feed your family or pay for your house or send your children. I will destroy you from the inside. I will destroy you from the inside. What do you mean by that? Well, black folks in America is... uh, Hmm. Black folks in America, you are 12%. Hmm? 87% of everybody in America on kidney dialysis on this black folks. And that number don't bother you, or did you know about it? Hmm? Hmm? And don't say it's a black man. You go to Africa, no kidney dialysis. You can go there. Right. They're too poor. They don't need them. Hmm? They don't need them. What tears you? What tears you? Your, your kidneys up. Fear? Paranoid and anguish. You ain't mad at me. You come on yelling at me. You mad at white folks, but you wouldn't raise your voice to them. Damn boy, this is this is my house. I'll kill you. <laughs> what was you to say that to that white boy that goosed you in your booty this morning, rubbed your head for luck? Now you go come on back and you mad at me and mama. Hmm? But it tears up your kidneys. What strings your kidneys out? Kidney diversity? No. Awareness and gentleness. Gentleness. Hmm? It's a gentle lady. They see us. They lie about it. They, they call themselves gentlemen. Gentlemen because they see us. <laughs> Cirrhosis of the liver. I used to hear the old folks when the sister died. So I didn't know she drank. No. The worst thing you can do for your liver to make it turn into pickle is anger, rage. Depression. Thank you. So what you need to do, get a pill or tonsil, liver? No, 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 no. What cools it out? Kindness and balance, huh? Kindness and balance. You know, more people, not just black folk, more people die in America every year from lung cancer, from grief, than smoking cigarettes. Grief is a violation of God. What mess up my lungs? Give me my asthma, my pneumonia, grief, sadness, shame. When you hit a child, you call it punishment. It shames them. That's why they'll never go out and tell somebody, my mother, my daddy hit me. They shamed of what you just did. Boo. Shame. <laughs> oh, my mother made one of the best cakes in the world. Hmm? Shame. Hmm? Grief. You have to hear them old black folks saying she's just grieving herself to death. You don't have to know what it is when you know it. huh? So what do you do for, for your lungs? Courage, righteousness, love, and being lovable. Hmm? Hmm? That's simple. Hmm? That's the universe. Hmm? Oh, y'all talk about beating children and, and whooping them. And <laughs> before I knew, before I had this research, I never hit a child of mine. And then I got some research that came in not too long ago. I find out that uh, yelling at a child mess up their brain more than uh, than hitting them. Although hitting hitting them mess them up. Here's the research, y'all. 
y'all sitting there and not doing it. Oh, tell me what to do. You do whatever you want to do. But when you do the research, you find out that 98%, not black, 98% of your violent, sexual criminals on death row, they trace that back to getting beat by their parents when my mama hits me. My brain don't know there's a good hurt and a bad hurt. My mama didn't know that. So when I'm over in the Middle East and I'm leaving one country going to another, you know that little that little arc? Let you know you leave in that country? That arc yeah. that's called a needle's eye. Hmm? And then that message a rich man got as much chance to get into heaven as a camel have through the eye of a needle. The camel can get through. The bigger the load, the more you got to stoop. Now, that becomes real beautiful. Then that stupid stuff my mama was running down on me out of her ignorance. Hmm? That's the needle's eye. The bigger the load, the more you have to stoop. Huh? So when I get the, the research on whoopings, Chinese lady, University of Chicago, Punishment leads to shame. Shame leads to anger, then to rage. Hmm? And finally, violence. Maybe if we look at that, we might find it. White folks might find out what that bullying is. Bullying is is about. Hmm? Number two, shame is the assault on the soul. That's where the real God hangs out, in there. Hmm? When shaming reaches the inner core of the soul, that's where the real God hang out, it leads to violence. Hmm? When shame is so overwhelming, the mind numbs itself and the individual cannot feel anything. Many times leading to a social path or a psychopath. A living, killing machine that can kill, maim, and feel no remorse. Now, if the white folks know this and know how you beat, they know the right stuff to spray in your neighborhood at night to turn them folks into what they want. Drive-by shootings, huh? And then they steal the organs. Hmm? Drive-by shootings. Hmm? And then little punks, they don't, they don't, they don't, 98.99999, it's men they shoot. Why? Men organs sell for more money. They don't know that. Hmm? Men they shoot. Hmm? What, how can you be such a chump, unethical, godly, pimp, thug, because you shoot a man but won't shoot a black woman. Where'd that integrity come from? Hmm? Where'd that integrity come from? And then don't nobody want to talk about it. Hmm? Nobody want to talk about it. Uh, body parts. This is... Uh, uh, L.A. paper. What's the date? November yes. the 19th, 1996. UCLA... Face body disposable investigation. Oh, did you hear that, black folks? Because black folks ain't got lawyers. Uh, official 
officials of the University of California, Los Angeles School of Medicine are facing a lawsuit for unethical degradation of corpses used in its body parts. And then they agreed in court they were going to get rid of their crematorium. I hadn't heard that word since the Nazis was using it. That's right there in L.A. Good old L.A. Good old L.A. Somewhere. Somewhere. Rabbi arrested in New Jersey. Rabbis arrested in New Jersey. Yes. And in a arresting. Body parts. Body parts. Four rabbis. They arrested 44 people that day, the FBI. Thursday morning. Yes. Mm-hmm. You showed me the article. I physically saw it. Mm-hmm. And then they got an order. They got a, 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 a sheet out here, like you go to the store and order stuff. They got a body and tell you what the prices go for. Because, see, if I come by your house and, and you got guests coming in from Europe and you're going to lay a spread, you don't. You go to the butcher shop. How do you people buy meat at Safeway that make more money selling bleach than selling chickens? Y'all crazy? They don't, they don't have to worry about the meat. They don't. <laughs> so you go to the butcher shop. Fresh meat. Oh, that ham was so fresh. Well, unbeknownst to a lot of folks, they haven't told you that. When you wait in line for an organ donor, uh, if the organ is older than 24 hours old, that takes 20 years off your life. In other words, if the rich folk get the fresh one and you get that one, ever you've been waiting for two years, you die 20 years younger. 20 years younger. It's right there. And so somewhere, somewhere, and they got... They can trick you to ride. They can trick you to ride. And, and uh, UCLA sued over body part program. Mm-hmm. And then they have uh, uh, Rodney King. You know, uh, he was beat up one night at 4 o'clock in the morning by family from Australia. So uh, I noticed it was more than one person in the car with him. And the next time y'all get to see that beating on the road, look at it. It's lighted like a Hollywood producer. That set is lighted. Right. So I just asked myself, where did my Australians come in? Never been in my country. They come here, check in a hotel right across the street from the whooping. Well, that didn't bother me. What bothered me? if they knew who to take it to so it would run around the world on 7 o'clock news, L.A. time. Oh, well, who are these people? Then we find out they were Italian secret, uh, Australian secret police heavily connected to the CIA. Hmm? And, uh, and then one day, uh, pick up a paper, uh, New York Times International District Sunday, May the 10th, 1992, L.A. police differ sharply with prosecutor on arrest total. This is what they was manipulating. So they let the cops go that beat Rodney King and 
It was a Korean woman out there in a restaurant, shot a little 15-year-old black girl in the head. And she's walking out the store. And they let her go. So now we can't take no more. Uh, listen, it's good now. L.A. made a ninth. Police officers said today that they have arrested 18,000, well, it was really 18,213 people from Wednesday night, April the 29th, to today, today the ride start began that morning. But the prosecutors say they cannot account for as many as 10,000 of those people. We don't know where they are. It's a mystery to a lot of us. It was all getting still, and, and you black folks think you're so connected, God. You didn't feel that? 10,000 people they cared to Portland, Oregon, and then from there to Kusnick, uh, Oregon, where they did the, took the organs. Hmm? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Hmm? New York Times, so don't blame this on me. Hmm? Don't blame this on me. So I traced down and saw a guy there who saw him coming through. I said, how'd they explain it? He said, well, they said that uh, these was Negroes and horrible jail records, no violent crimes. And, and so we're going to bring him to this school where they teach firefighters how to fight fires. So we got 10,000 black folks that would never be able to get a good job. We're going to teach them how to be firefighters, and you don't need to know how to read or write. Just, just the techniques, and we can send them all over the world to fight fires. Oh, wow, wonderful, okay. And so the brother didn't think nothing about it. So that's that's how it it go down. And, and then they they have a trillion dollars. See, you'd like to believe that Hitler just started killing Jews. They did the research. They did the research. They knew. They knew what part of them could be made to make lamps and, and leather for the shoes. What's the difference in leather from a cow or, or, or uh, leather from a goat to make a belt or leather from a human? Leather. They did the research. They went all to put in and all of that. And so that's where we are now. And and uh, Hoover, Hoover with his old job. So, and, uh, those are the folks that was gated, hated gays, right? It said, well, in the military, before Obama changed it, it was, don't ask, don't tell. I said, hey, 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 come on. Do y'all count George Washington? Well, he wearing them tight silk satin pants. Y'all crazy? Them little semi-high heel shoes. <laughs> a shirt with ruffles on them. A wig and makeup. Are y'all crazy? And y'all think this just happened? Hmm? Come on, y'all. Give me a break. Hmm? <laughs> Oh, poor boy. And so Hoover sent out a telex. I was living in Chicago then, to the Chicago officers headed by uh, FBI Bureau Chief Johnson and, uh, to have the mob kill me. But something happened when you're in tune to that other thing. See, when the universe pick you, leave no footprints. Somebody sniffled off, off the memo and got it to me for the FBI got it. So I gave it to the Chicago Tribune. <laughs> FBI memo used mob against Dick Gregory. The late J. Edgar Hoover's ordered the 
Chicago Office of the FBI to develop measures to neutralize Dick Gregory countermeasures. That was a code word for kill. And suggested that they get in touch and show them these things that Dick Gregory had been saying about Lock Hoster Nostra. Yeah, I did. I called a bunch of dogs, snakes, and he wanted them to do that. And on that memo, it was seven people's name on it from D.C., including the number two guy, uh, um, uh, uh, Solomon, number two man in the FBI. And so... In 1968, they sent the memo out. 1976, me and Mark Lane did a book called Code Name Zorro, The Murder of Dr. King, and how the FBI did it. And so they had to have an investigation. So they, out of those eight people that was on that memo that Hoover sent, six of them was on the panel to investigate. Not that they thought they had anything to do with the Kennedy King assassination. <laughs> They just had investigated it. The memo went out. <clears throat> out of the six, eight of them, all, out of the eight, six of them, all six of them died before they got to testify. And just to make it short and sweet, if you want to check it, just check out uh, uh, Sullivan. Sullivan, the number two man in the FBI. He was going in to testify, but he went hunting up in New Hampshire with a with a sheriff and his son and the, the boy, 16-year-old son, shot him in the head by mistake. He thought it was a deer. And I wanted to go to that funeral so bad to see if they had him strapped across the hood of the car the way they do deers. Hmm? <laughs> now, Chicago Review, Friday, March the 10th, 1978. Not another newspaper in America ran this story. Hmm? Not another, but if that would have been a memo that they found, what I was talking about, Kim, every, that's what America, that's why you never find out what happened to that, that plane. Huh? Unless I'm listening to stations like this and listening to them, them blah, huh? That plane? And they say, right. now NBC analysts uh, on plane wrecks. Oh, he's an analyst, he went to school, major in plane wrecks, huh? And none of you would ever assume that's the CIA. Do you know that your newspaper, they have CIA, FBI, all them folks working, which is against the law? Huh? And so you think you listen to some honest broker hmm? that's telling you about what happened to the plane? So everybody called me because they know I know. Hmm? Mr. Gregory, uh, what happened to that plane? Oh, I got it in my backyard. Uh, I got it in my back. <laughs> First, the plane never left there. Mm. Now, y'all look and see all the parents is complaining and crying. You know what they never tell you? They go by the pilot's house. And, you know what they never tell you? There was eight world-renowned, I'm sorry, 20 world-renowned scientists on that plane. How come NBC, CBS, NBC not telling you that, huh? How come they? How come you don't know that? What did they do? They got to get rid of them. And then Malaysia. Anybody talking about Malaysia? You ever been to Vegas? Malaysia, gambling place would make Vegas look like a kindergarten for some nuns. Hmm? Oh, you go to Malaysia, all the super freaks, them billionaire super freaks. Hmm? You go there and 
and you ought a six-year-old girl or three-year-old girl in the bed waiting for you. That's Malaysia, huh? Hmm? What kind of business you think they're doing that they can have them big planes, huh? What do you think that is? That's the latest plane, man. They got a fleet of them, 747s. What's going on there? Freaksville, Freaksville, Freaksville. That's what it is. Huh? And America runs it. Hmm? And America runs it. And so those of you all that uh, want to see more, you need to punch up. Uh, uh, what is it? I thought I had it. Um, An AP story ran. I was shocked. AP, they pulled it late. I don't know how it got through. But you got some young folks with... Uh, with those networks that are that are yeah. run stuff, you know, they'll pop it up there, and, and you'll see it. It's uh, I can memorize it. Those of y'all want to hook it up, memorize it. And it's uh, let's say it's uh, ABC story, March the 18th, March the 18th of this year at one. P.M. That's when it was released. 1 p.m. And it uh, talks about. Uh, well, here this ABC News. And y'all want to take a shortcut? Just punch up. Diego, Diego Garcia. You ever heard of that? That's that military base wow. over there. That's that base over there. In the Indian Ocean, if I was to do all kind of dirty stuff over there, Diego Garcia, hmm? now become familiar. And they talked about there were people that saying that's where the plane landed. Hmm? Huh. Why did the plane 37, this is the ABC story, try to hide its whereabouts? Oh, because they had stuff on there. I, I traced it back through the, the pirates, the pirates, the little black folks over there in Africa. They ain't even got a rowboat, and they, they snatching <laughs> all tankers of countries that got the greatest nation, uh, 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 military, uh, gunboats, battleships. <laughs> yeah. One time they, they, they stole a, a, a tanker with 100 million gallons. Oh, said, no, no, here's what it is. Just give it to them. Tell them they can have it. Now, now let them find some place to sell it. They don't know nothing about that. Huh? And then they take a, a high-profile movie actor and make a movie out of them thugs. Oh, y'all hiding something. You covered up something. It's, it's because you don't want people to know all them ships over there, that area, because of the pirates, right? The pirates, huh? like like Putin. When, when Putin moved 40,000 troops down to the, to the border, and the reason didn't nobody see him because... He told us he's going to have 40,000 troops augment the the, uh, the the security guards to make sure the Olympics were safe. And then funny, that mess didn't start till the day after the Olympics closed. And then the press right. will tell you what it's about. The two largest Navy bases in the history of the planet is in San Diego and Norfolk, Virginia. That's where they make the boats. They make the battleships there. Hmm? It's right. on uh, Putin and they landlocked. And so them two places, they just took over 
that, that goes right to the Black Sea. And they won't tell you that they just signed a trillion-dollar contract to, to Putin with France to build them up a navy. Hmm? So two of the ships will be released. Battleship be released soon with the lead, and now they take them there. Hmm? There, well, they got some water. <laughs> they can bring them to the games. The games. So now they have sea power. Yeah, but they hook up when it comes time to uh, with the white supremacists. You know, they, that's what the, the the G8 is about. Hmm? G8 is about. Yes, here we go. And so if you look up Diego Garcia, and it's a lot of stuff out on the blogs, but if you look up the AP story, which was kind of interesting because that must have slipped on one of them younger guys that said, let's put this out, and then we'll, uh, we'll handle it. And so you get a lot of that now, and that's why NBC and ABC and them going out of business. And so somewhere, if you uh, black folks, you know, Started looking at, at uh, liberation and kind of toned down education because once you get it, it ain't going to help you that much. Mm-hmm. And so I just thank God I quit college two hours short graduation because I didn't want that racist institution I went to to validate my knowledge. I knew I was smart, but I was reduced down in St. Louis and all I would aspire to be was a was a streetcar driver because Negroes couldn't drive streetcars. So that made that old bad job glamorous to a black person with a mind like mine. Hmm? And thank God. And and then, but imagine, man, I, that's all I aspired to be, was drive a streetcar. And then one day somebody called me and said, I got a book. I'll bring it to you. Said this was the what was it the uh, the National Geographic, Washington D.C. One thousand and one people who made America by Alan Axelrod. One thousand. Let's go back before the Mayflower. Here's a brother here. I grew up wanting to be a streetcar driver. I'm in this book. Hmm? Hmm? One people in the history of America, before the Mayflower, Dick Gregory's listed. Huh? Wow. Hmm, and I wanted to be a streetcar driver because a racist, evil system reduced me down to, to that. And thank God I got away from that. Hmm? Found something else, hmm? and so that's uh, and so somewhere hmm? it happens, and the trickery, trickery. Now we got a paper here in Washington D.C. conservative paper, the Washington Times. It, it used to be the the Mooney. Mooney was Korean CIA killed. They killed, killed him in a plane wreck, and haven't even told nobody dead. But the number two paper in the nation's capital, the mightiest capital in the world, is the Washington right. Times. And the date on it is Wednesday, April the 22nd, 1998, page 5. Headlines. FBI paid mortgage on Nichols' home. That's Terry Nichols, the 
Oklahoma bomber. Denver. Right. The FBI made mortgage payments on Terry Nichols' home after he was arrested and before he was convicted of conspiring to blow up the Oklahoma City Federal Building. Court documents say this ain't some punks on the ground. He's comfy at go to court to get it. Now listen at this. A Justice Department spokeswoman said she did not know immediately why the government was paying this money. Now here, I'm gonna read that again. They didn't say they weren't paying it. She said, We don't know why immediately why the government made mortgage payments nor do we know the amount. The mortgage payments <laughs> was disclosed in a court filing. Goofers went in got to court on Monday by Terry Nichols' lawyer who argued that their client does not have sufficient assets to pay the fine. What? And y'all sitting there drinking a little Kool-Aid and opening up a new beer factory every week? <laughs> I don't know where they're going with this. Oh, shame on you. Shame on you. And so when you get rid of your fear, it's the it's seven things that we need to get rid of. Fear. Fear of poverty. Fear of death. Fear of sickness. Huh? Fear of getting old. Oh, come on. I'm 82 years old. One thing about getting old, wrinkles don't hurt, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you get a little embarrassed every time you go to go to New York and go into a deli. And uh, and when they find out you're 82, they uh, they make you pay in advance for a egg. <laughs> you might not be around when we bring it out. Fear being criticized. Fear of being criticized by who? When filth criticizes you, that's a pleasure. Fear of losing your loved one. Oh my God, I've been married 55 years and I learned a long time ago it ain't about love, it's can you be lovable. Hmm? I love you, baby. If I can't have you, nobody's going to have you. There's something sound wrong with that, don't there? Hmm? Sure. 75% of all white women that was killed in New York. A year ago, not last year, because those facts haven't come out, was killed by their boyfriends or husband. That's the economy. Hmm? That's the economy. Oh, it's bad out there. Economy. Every time you go to a, uh, a machine, ATM machine, that's somebody's job. 99% of the job was white folks. That's it. White boy ain't working. He's got a machine. That he can't get mad at, so he's going to jump on me, beat up women. <clears throat> so, so where do we go? Huh? Is it too late? Huh? Mm-hmm. And all you folks that think is, get rich, get rich, get rich, get rich. Oh, I'd like to be a millionaire. Come on, y'all, millionaire. You you folks with your computers, one day you got some time, just... just just put on your computer one million dollars, and then change that to a million seconds instead of dollars. Hmm. That's thirteen minutes. Hmm. Thirteen minutes, <laughs> and not not put out a billion and compute that into a billion seconds. That's thirty-two years. You want to be a millionaire? Chump. <laughs> well, I'll I'll be back in thirteen minutes and see where you are. Hmm. 
true. The game. The game. The game. The game. There are more Republicans. Now, let me ask, I don't ask people questions. So I'm just going to throw this out at your tongue in cheek. Okay, brother? There are more Republican millionaires than Democrats. Does that seem that surprising? No. Okay. You said there are more Republican millionaires? Businessmen. Businessmen, than right. Hmm? Well, Democrats, right. There are more Democratic business folks that's billionaires than Republicans. Billionaires. See how they trick you? <laughs> See how they trick you? Right. <laughs> See how it works? <laughs> now watch this. Every district congressional district have some type of uh, defense contract. You Congress folks figure that right. The top 15 defense contracts, the districts, right? The top 8 out of 10 is in Democrat districts. <laughs> oh. Right. Did you hear me? Yes, I did. The top two is in Negro districts. Top two of all the defense contracts. Congressman Clay, huh? Chicago, St. Louis, Lockheed Martin in his district. The ex-Black Panther that's in uh, out of Chicago. Number two, Boeing Aircrafts in his district. Oh, the game is down here for us fools. Have fun. Drink you some beer. Go out on the weekend to let the rest of the cells in your body know how much you hate working. And then get around some Negroes because we we know how to come late, you know. Oh, they just, no, no, no. The later I get to work, the more I keep my human dignity. The earlier I can trick them and get off the faster I get it back. Come on, y'all. Don't try to think as a slave if you've never been one. Hmm? Hmm? Black on black crime. You white folks ought to listen to that. Black on black crime. Ask them Negroes, what, 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 black on black crime, what's wrong? Well, we just tired of, of Negroes killing Negroes. They didn't say they're tired of Negroes killing. They said killing Negroes. So who'll be next? Who you think killing Chinese tonight in China? And tomorrow, who you think killing Italians in Italy? In Italy? And if 98% of white folks that was murdered in America last year was by white folks, who was murdered by white folks, why are killing white folks? How come white folks ain't talking about white on white crime? What kind of fools are you? Hmm? You kill where you live. Hmm? You kill where you live. Hmm? And then you want to talk about me, the Italians, mafioso? Family values, you can't get no more family values than them. Mamma mia, look how they turned out. Hmm? 99% <laughs> of the mob is Italians, but 99% of Italians is not mobsters. Huh? But they respect it. They did wow. Godfather movie, respect. I don't know how you Christians stood by and let them refer to him as Godfather. Oh, you naughty, naughty, naughty. Hmm? Somewhere. And so when you stop and think about where this is going, how it's going, and uh, 
who's going to be the next president? Huh? You don't know? Why? Because you don't determine the president. I ran for the president in 1968. And I ran as a write-in, but the White Peace Party put me on the ballot. Put me on the ballot in New Jersey. And that was November the 4th, 1968. Dick Gregory for president. Seven, four days later, November the, three days later, the 7th, that's Friday. I want you all to listen to this now. This is too important for you to take my word for it. Uh, Wall Street Journal, hmm? November the 7th, 1968. Election computers goof gives Gregory 9 million votes. That's in one state, y'all. That's in the state of Pennsylvania. Hmm? Another paper in America didn't run this, and you think you got freedom of press? What kind of fools are y'all? Especially you white folks. Hmm? And they go on to say, uh, the big computer in New York election central goofed and had Dick Gregory, an hour after the polls shut down, declared me the New president of the United States, because with that percentage coming in in one state, that could never be overcome. So they had to shut the computers down at midnight. Hmm? Hmm? Wall Street Journal. They meant to do it for Nixon, but somebody made a mistake, or maybe one of them youngsters will have some fun. That's what your election's about. You ain't nothing but a punk. You ain't going to do nothing about it. Hmm? (laughs) Can you ask yourself one question? How come another newspaper in America didn't run that? Hmm? Hmm? Oh, you're scared. They know know how to treat you. They know how to treat you. Oh, Oh, here it is. Here's what I was looking for. ABC News. ABC News. Blog. Headline. World. Island of Diego Garcia. Factors into the mystery. (laughs) Malaysia flight <laughs> theory. <laughs> what? ABC News. Come on, y'all. And they snatched it, but you can go in there and pull it. It's the biggest naval base. They do all kind of dirty stuff there. So evidently, them people on them scientists, that they, since they don't want to tell y'all about them scientists, they, uh, they was probably... Uh-huh. Making germ warfare. See, in a democracy, there's certain things you can't do. But you can have somebody do it for you in another country. And if they get caught, they don't have to, you don't have to come in. And, and even if they do, y'all, they, y'all, y'all, y'all let them get away with it. Uh, one of the, the weirdest things is y'all's little hero, little hero everybody loves. Everybody loves John McCain who's a thug, a traitor, and was convicted, was found guilty in a military court and sentenced to die by fine squad. John McCain, huh? And Nixon pardoned him. And the Democrats, who they say they don't like him, Republicans during the primary don't like him, but they don't bring that up, huh? President pardoned 
from Nixon saved John McCain from treason sentence. John McCain, y'all, huh? America, huh? Y'all worrying about the Russians and people don't do this? John McCain, hmm? He was shot down, captured, and they ran tapes that he he did for the North Vietnamese. Hi, this is um, Lieutenant whatever, John McCain. I'm a war criminal, hmm? War criminal, yeah. I uh, I uh, drop bombs on schools and kill women and children, huh? John McCain, huh? And if y'all just off the record, if y'all just send me to the hospital, where y'all go and help my leg, I give you some more stuff too. He did. Mm. So now they, the, the 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 soldiers that was with him, some generals was there. They don't even let their book out in America. They don't even let them have time to come on TV. John McCain was brainwashed. That's the new thing they're going to go. Wow. He was in prison in Vietnam. And let me tell you, they would leave their base, their, 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 and they fly straight. And they thought. And the anti-aircraft couldn't catch him until John... McCain told him, said, no, we leave our base and we go north 300 miles and come around from the back. And after he told him that, U.S. American pilots' death rate increased 67% in two weeks. John McCain. Little thugs. But you're going to treat Obama. Maybe y'all know something. going to treat Obama one way and John McCain. And so somewhere, you know, somewhere... When you understand who this thug is, you're not locked into it. And that's what happened when you got a left and a right. You violate the universe. And for my grandmother who's listening today and, and wonder why her son, Eddie, didn't make it. They groomed him to be a, a billionaire. Well, let me tell you. Got a little research for you, Grandma. This happened, this is called Food for Thought. In 1923, a very important meeting took place at the Edgewater Beach Hotel in Chicago. That was one of the major hotels in the world. Attending this meeting was nine of the world's most powerful, successful financiers. Who was at the meeting? The president of the largest independent steel company, Two, the president of the largest utility company. Three, the president of the largest gas company. Four, the greatest wheat speculator. Five, the president of the New York Stock Exchange. Six, a member of the president's cabinet. Uh, Seven, the greatest bearer on Wall Street. Eight, head of the world's greatest monopoly. Nine, the president of the Bank of International Settlement. Now, certainly, we must admit that there were gathered at that meeting the world's most powerful men, nine of them. Then somebody said, well, at least they were found the art secret to making money. But then somebody said, um, let's check them out, see what else. Uh, 25 years later, they said, okay, let's look them up. 25 years later, number one, 
The president of the largest independent steel company, Charles Schwab, died and lived on borrowed money for five last five years of his life. Hmm? Number two, the president of the greatest utility company, Samuel Insulin, died a fugitive from justice in a foreign land, penniless. Number three, the president of the largest gas company, Howard Hobson, became insane. Number four, the greatest wheat speculator, Arthur Cutler, died abroad, uh, broke. Number five, the president of the New York Stock Exchange, Richard Whitney, was released from Sing Sing, penniless, so he could go home and die. Number six, a member of the president's cabinet, Albert Fall, was pardoned from prison so he could die at home. Number seven, the greatest bearer on, on Wall Street, Jesse, Jesse Livermore, died of suicide. Number eight, the head of the greatest monopoly, Ivan Cutler, died of suicide. Number nine, the president of the Bank of International Settlement, Leon Frazier, died from suicide. Oh, grandmother, all of them. All of them men learned well the art of making money, but nobody taught them how to live. And we saw that with uh, uh, the Microsoft guy. What's his name? Uh, uh, oh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Apple. Steve Jobs died. Yeah. He had $300 billion in his private checking account. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> private checking account. <laughs> and he couldn't make it's 59. I got an old trifling cousin in St. Louis. You can't read, can't write, cuss all the time. Drake keep wine. He 102. <laughs> old Steve should have followed him around. <laughs> and old, old cousin 102, he ain't even got a cell phone. Come on, Steve, huh? So many stop, stop and think that the, the universe, huh? Was here before you, before religion. And uh, and but you cannot solve nothing if you're not qualified. When America decided they want to go to outer space, they didn't just get white folks that loved them. They got scientists. They went all the way. Fucking Nazis over here. They got scientists. They got people who knew what the problem is. Huh? Um, if I said this on your show tonight, you have so many black preachers calling up. In daily life, if I said this, in daily life, black folks found to be more religious than white folks. <laughs> hold this, hold this. Let me tell you where this comes from. Let me tell you. Don't blame me. You look it up, the Philadelphia Inquiry, one of the major newspapers in the world at the time, Sunday, March the 9th, 1997, their headline. In daily life, blacks found to be more religious than white folks. So why don't you call them, especially you black ministers, that they're going to call them. A study called the most exalted ever on race and religion shows the church's importance among black folks. Social, so sociologists said. Hmm? And so somewhere, somewhere when y'all stop, and, 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 and especially you ones that just found out where it is you're going to. Just be cool. You know, just take your time. And uh, New York Times article, New York Times. 
uh, May the 19th, 2002. Workers contained cokes. Workers uh, contended that coke sent to old, that Coca-Cola sent old soldiers to poor neighborhoods. That's just, they didn't say Negro. You had to get down in it. They, they were sending old cokes. They go to the white neighborhood, and I didn't realize till we did this research that all soda pop got a, a expiration date on it. And they would take all the uh, white stores, take all the cokes back that had expired, turn it into a mild poison. It wouldn't kill you, but it would. And they'd take it to a warehouse in northern Dallas. And that's where they would right. re base off and redate them and send them into the black community. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm not saying wow. You think the pharmaceutical companies don't do that? So I'm your Negro doctor. And you come to me and your blood pressure is so high, I give you this blood pressure medicine. You come back two weeks later and it's high. And you 90 and you admire Negro doctors. And I say you're not taking your medicine. And that's the worst thing in the world. Right. And having a preacher tell you you're lying. There's a doctor with all them degrees. And then you start crying. I take my medicine. You couldn't take it, took it. And then he feels sorry for you. So he writes you another prescription, but stronger. And that kills you because the doctor's not aware of what they're doing. Huh? You think you're free? You think everything's okay? Coca Cola? Coca Cola? And one of my big mistakes among all of them, I guess, <clears throat> my biggest one is my ten children. That universal God, not the Catholic Church, the Baptist Church, the movement Church, the real universal God, yeah. gave me the right to create 11 other gods and didn't ask me what color are you, where did you go to school, can you read, can you write, uh, here, take this math test. That God said, yes, my son, go for it. And now I look back when I look in the mirror and see the real me, the real me, looking at me and realize that universal God let me impregnate Lillian Gregory 11 times under no conditions, not do you work or you qualified. And now I got to realize that I never owned a car. I didn't know the year to make the model, the down payment, the insurance, the tax, the monthly notes, and the trading value. And I, Dick Gregory, Brother Greg, got to look myself in the mirror and say to God, forgive me, I put more planning into owning a jive automobile and create me your new life. Thank God I live long enough to realize I'm the problem. And every time I get on a plane and fly someplace and pay my taxes, my federal tax on that ticket, and this government used some of that money to buy bombs and guns and, and dropping drones on children all over the world. So I thank God I'm honest enough to know when they start flying down on my family and grandchildren, I can look up and say, well, about time. Even, baby. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. That's where you are. Hmm? 
that's where you are. And I used to, me and my boy, my partner, called him Boo. And the other named Skeezik. He must have really heard his mother coming out. So <laughs> mother named you Skeezik. Skeezik. <laughs> so we go into the white community, the suburbs, at nighttime. You know them little, them little black jocks and white folks had on their lawn? Did you yeah. see them? We throw yeah, bricks and break the jocks. Sometimes we'd hit the poet, sometimes and shotgun would go off. We'd run, 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 run. And then one day me and Skeezik was sitting under the porch of his house in the shade. I said, Skeezik, you know what's been bothering me, man? We throwing them bricks with them black jocks. And I said, you know this? With the lambs, you know, jockeys don't have lambs. The only guy I know in history had lamb was Paul Revere. He wasn't no jockey. He was a town crier. Say, man, let's check this out. And so we checked it out. And found out that uniform he was wearing was just like George Washington. His name is Jocko. Hmm? Jocko. Hmm? His father had trained him war strategy. And them two was the greatest two war strategies who ever lived since Hannibal. Hmm? Hannibal. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Hannibal must have been a trifling dude. You know that? He went up the Alps, went through Italy, and I can't find no Italian bonds. Come on, Hannibal, did y'all do that? <laughs> They don't know they're my brother. <laughs> well, Hannibal, you was naughty. Hmm? Hmm, I was looking for more than, than liberation. I, I need to see an Italian liberation. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, that job. The tanning of Europe. Hmm? I said the tanning of Europe. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. By way yep, of the Moors. Yes. All the way. Now, watch this now. So we find out who that jock is. Jocko, 14 years old. And he and his dad counseled George Washington on fighting the British. Had it not been for them, you Klansmen wouldn't have existed. <laughs> you Ku <two> Klux. <laughs> And you could have done more damage, Ku Klux Klan. You could read and write. You couldn't. So black folks were so hip. They, uh, do you? Most black folks don't understand it, but you white folks would think you're smart. They dawn on you. We the only slave in the history of the planet that wasn't a slave five thousand years. Everybody, a minimum of five, except us. We broke them chains and. 300 years wide, because that white dude came over there thought he was stealing a worker. He was stealing a scientist. I built the pyramid, boy. I'm the one that planted all your oh. astrological. I did astrology for you, boy. Huh? That was me. Huh? <laughs> Thank God you got some Negroes who can do this, too, because there are some Negroes up in them hills. Huh? Napoleon found that out. He went into Haiti. Teach you Negroes how to behave. 
we was getting ready to have the, the military festival. We brought women in from all over the world. And now I got to come over here and deal with you all. I said, Mr. Napoleon, you better go on back there and have some fun because, you know, we ain't got no guns. Yeah, well, this is going to be quick. And they lost to a nation that had no guns, no munitions, no planes, no nothing, no Navy. Right. And the big boys came in. And Napoleon was embarrassed. He said, well, let me sit with him and figure out what happened. No, 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 no. That's like you black folks, you think you can figure. You don't qualify. They brought the scientists in. And they got back with their report. Say, what was it? Say, voodoo. Voodoo is a French word. means spiritual Adam. That's what Uncle Tom saw. That's why a tomboy is a tough girl, a tomcat's a tough cat. But when it comes to my turn, they make you think it's something derogatory, so you will never know what an Uncle Tom is. Uh, spiritual uh. Adam. Uh, so you listen to them thugs tell you, hmm, you, who you are. Hmm? So, wow. Jocko, the 14-year-old, was talking to George Watson. Call him George. George, come on. Come on, George. You. I thought I trained you better than that. You know the British is going to come down there where you are. What you worried about? He said, well, there's a possibility they could come up on this hill where you are. And if I took half my army and put them here and half down there, uh, they could defeat us. He said, look, 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 look. look. I'll guarantee you they're coming with you. But here's what I do. Let me take this lantern here, and I'll stand on this hill. If they're coming that way, they got to come around that bend, the river there, and I can see them three hours away. If you see me waving this lantern, you know they're coming this way. You have plenty of time to get back up here with your army. And so that night the British came in down river where George Washington and the troops was, and they, they killed all of them. And after they finished, you know, making the reports and, and seeing who was wounded and not. Then he went up the hill to say thanks to Jocko. Jocko had froze to death holding that land. That's a symbol of loyalty. Huh? Huh? Mm. Not a symbol of some white folks painting a Negro's lips red huh? and putting them on the lawn. He froze to death out of loyalty. Jocko. Hmm? Wow. So somewhere, somewhere. So those are the long jockeys. Huh? Those are symbolized by the long jockeys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. That's, that's, uh, hmm? that's, uh, what it's about. Hmm? And I've always said the black one. Wow. The black woman... Do you know a black woman's the only woman on the planet that can take a butter knife and cut your ties to the rim? <laughs> a butter knife. <laughs> and that got a, that tie's got a 20-year guarantee. 20-year guarantee, my yeah, white folks. Yeah, warranty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Warranty won't stand up against her. Do you hear me? And so when you look at the system, you know, you got to give her a break because everybody done dogged her. And sister, you got to you got to really think about something. I can't believe all oh, you sisters validate how gorgeous a white woman is. How? 
Because you get upset when you see a Negro. I can say this because I ain't never dated a white woman, okay? Not of love for a sister. I'm just scared of them. You know, I used to go to a movie every time the movie came. I saw Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein, and all of them come out of a white woman's belly. I ain't going up there where they came from. So, sister, don't say, oh, he's a he's a race. No, no, ain't got nothing to do with that, baby. It's got something to do with fear. Mm-hmm. Okay? Fear. <laughs> but how do you, sisters, let me, let me tell you. Those of you that hear my voice, you know, go to a, a restaurant, a nice restaurant, one day this year. And every black man you see in there, 98% of them with a black woman. So what it is about you seeing a go-to-the-basketball game there hmm? at Madison Square? Huh? Go there. Hmm? And out of all them Negroes that's coming in there, 98% are with black women. What if it scares you about a white woman? Huh? You really believe you're that ugly? Hmm? Shame on you. And thank God that black men ain't walking around asking where all them yellow babies come from because you know you can't get yellow babies. Men my color. Hmm? You know? How many of you black women they grab at work on the job now? Take hmm? in a little closet. Hmm? I mean, y'all meet with them and all of that. Oh, yeah, no problem with that, but don't be jumping on black men when it ain't true. Go to the Super Bowl this year. You're going to have some black men there with white women, but 98% of the black men is there. It's with black women. What, what is it about the white women that scares you so bad? That you get angry and evil, and you know, you don't get all angry and evil with all them white complexed babies. Not them ones doing slavery. You know what's happening. You know, but you don't have to submit now if you don't want to. But then you got to change your respect for you. Hmm? What's that little thug punk out of St. Louis? That, I had enough being from St. Louis. Every time I go to my hometown, I sit in my watch back three hours. Hmm? And that little Cedric the Entertainer came out of there. They gave him a TV show. You black folks don't remember. Oh, yes, you do. You went to the movie to see it. You went to the movie to see Barbershop where that little thug, heathen, punk said King ain't nothing but a whore. And Rosa Parks didn't do nothing big. She was just too tired to get up and move her big, fat, black ass. Well, you know white folks wrote that because she don't have a big one and it ain't black, huh? Because if Cedric the Entertainer, that little punk, if he were to call Mother Teresa a whore, hmm? Hmm? he'd be dead now. Hmm? Okay? That boy would have said things like that about Queen Elizabeth. He said about Rosa Parks. He'd be dead now. And yet y'all went to the movie and you loved it. <laughs> you loved it. Hmm? And now he got a TV show. He was invited to the White House three or four times with Bush. Had he said that about Mother Teresa? Okay. But you pay for it. It's a comeback. It's just so easy and and nice and and hip, you know. That's what Have I you ever seen him in your travels? Me? Oh, I turned the other way. I saw him in St. Louis. I turned the other way. I, wanna, I don't want to waste time talking to fields like that. Hmm? Huh? Right. And y'all waste y'all time with entertainers, and and now y'all got this new uh, 
basketball coach that's going to save the day? Hmm? Oh, Philip Jackson. Yeah, you know he's a gangster, don't you, out of Chicago? Hmm? Or did you know that? Hmm? Nah, I ain't know too much about Phil. Yeah, well, look it up. They caught, they caught uh, uh, Magic Johnson. It was a nice, clean-cut kid. But Michael Jordan, I have no money, broke, 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 broke. Gambling, gambling. Addicted to gambling. The worst thing you can do is be addicted to gambling. I had a friend of mine told a Catholic, told me a Catholic priest told him 90 years ago, said if someone take a gun and wipe out your whole family, don't go a gun and get there. Just pray to Almighty God they be addicted to gambling. There is nothing on the planet like being addicted to gambling. Uh, that's Michael Jordan. And when he got out, they ordered an investigation. And they found out that uh, magic was shaving points. Hmm? Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson. Huh? And then they said, well, we got to do something about this. Oh, we got to do something about this. So that is basketball. See, well, if you can get them out of the basketball, right, then we can stop the investigation. So magic, they told magic to say he had AIDS. <laughs> he just he just admitted what three weeks ago he didn't have AIDS. He didn't tell the truth. He didn't say he was lying about it. And right. they got him out, and he was supposed to stay out for a while, and he was going to come back in. But Malone didn't let him back in because I don't want that AIDS blood running up and down. And then Magic, they killed his daddy. They killed his daddy, huh? Killed his daddy. They found him in the car dead. There was no blood in the car, but he's he shot. In the oh, you mean Jordan? Huh? Michael you Jordan. said magic. You mean Jordan, right? They killed his father. Yeah, that was that's what got him out. And all you got to do is just check. If I shoot you in your aorta, that's right there where the heart sends that blood out. Blood will splash all the way back to your house. It wasn't no blood yeah. in the car, so you got an Indian and a black guy down there in jail for a crime they didn't commit, huh? So y'all go ahead to y'all, y'all, y'all. No, just keep your own feel. Feel, go feel, go feel, boy. <laughs> and so, what how much time we got? We almost over. Uh, we we're still on. We have another thirty, forty minutes left. You got people calling in? Yes, there are definitely hands up in the call queue. Okay, well, yeah. let me do this. Yeah. Let me do That's this real quick. Uh, watch how this works now. Uh, ben Loudon was killed hmm? in December. Right, ben Loudon. Ben Loudon, yeah. Right. Yeah, Oh one. Okay. They were right. looking at it. Well, they don't cut the president on the real stuff. They probably haven't told him the truth about this plane. So then that fiasco we saw... 18 months ago, what was that about? The Navy SEALs, remember? Yes. In December 01, the person that killed him was Sheikh Ahmad, the same guy who beheaded the Wall Street Journal. Right. Reporter. Richard Pearl. Yeah. He's going to tell some real stuff that America was doing. So they, they, they killed him. 
That's the same guy that killed Bin Laden. The Navy SEALs. Remember that, right? Remember six of them went up to the top floor? So if you're down here yeah. like me, who know he's been dead, uh, and you know the Navy SEALs was in trouble. You know all them Navy SEALs that made that raid? <laughs> you know all of them are dead now? Yeah, they killed since they've been dead. Yeah, they clipped you know them. That. Yeah, they clipped them all. And then here's Congress. Here's how much dirt they got on Congress. Congress to probe cop the crash of Navy SEALs, Team 6. <laughs> Square that killed Ben Love. <laughs> you ain't heard no more of that investigation, have you? Right. Crap. Okay. So anyway, um, how many nights are you on? You're sure. Huh? How many nights? How many nights? Tuesday, Tuesday and Friday. I mean, Tuesday? Two. Yeah. And Friday, yeah. Well, my wife told me last night you had called. And the thing about yes, that, that that piece you looked at the other day with Dick Gregory, Anton, you know what's interesting yeah. about that? I saw my it's wife. That's dumb. the first time my wife ever did the interview. I had people calling me, so I've been working with your wife because you can't get me without going through her. You know who you go through to get me. You got to go through your wife. And she you know, has a good memory. When was I on your show last time? The last time, I believe, was last year, maybe in... Um, well, you know what she told me? That's you. You need to work. I said, why? She said, you know how much you told me you like that show? I said, well, call him back. Tell him tomorrow. <laughs> that was last night. No, she determines. Yes, I made indeed. millions of dollars. I never wrote a check in my life. She handled all the money. She handled it. And when I was able to look at the episode and, you know, finally get a chance to see her and her spirit, it really complimented, you know, the person that we envision when we're dealing with her because she she's so professional in how she deals with, you mm. know, whoever is um, requesting your services, and that's so essential to have mm-hmm. a person in your corner like that that can represent you. And, well, um, I lucked up. So, I, lucked, I got her pregnant. I wasn't nothing but love. I got her pregnant. My mother told me, you're going to mind to get a girl pregnant won't marry you. And so uh, she's at the University of Chicago. She's working. She was running the business department. Not was all these popular. At that time, University of Chicago was the most powerful school in the world. And uh, yeah. she was pool secretary for, for people like uh, Secretary, ex-Secretary of State uh, George Schultz. Uh, trying to think of the one guy that they used his 1960 book for price statistics around the world. They use it to this day. And uh, when he wrote the book, he sent a copy to to Lillian Gregory, the real author of this book. And he was nominated for the Peace Prize. And and he went to pick it up. He called the house and said he'd like to have us and all that. You you know she didn't write that book. You wouldn't have had the book had she not been there to put the pieces together because they was all over the world and we didn't have communication. So they had to call in every day to see where they are. Had this research come in, can you get it to me and all of that. That was So she didn't know how to do that, you know. She just never did it for a nigga. Right. And, so, uh, and so my daughter, uh, Michelle, my oldest daughter, you know, uh, she was the first Negro to go to the University of Chicago preschool. Oh, 
wife said, oh, oh, Greg, when you come home, you got to go by there and see her. So how many's in the class? It's 29 and one black child. Huh? Mm-hmm. Are you happy? I suppose that was reversed. Suppose that was uh, 28 black children and one white child. You think white folks would be that happy? <laughs> you think they'd be that happy? Come on, girl, wake up. Come on, wake up. <laughs> and so that's Michelle. And uh, Michelle has... Uh, oh, I, 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 I wonder if I talked about abortions back then. And, and they talk about the Negroes use the coat hangers. Well, I wasn't about to get no coat hanger. I went to the Negro pharmacy. And I got this black woman pregnant. I ain't ready for no marriage. He said, I got some stuff I can fix for you. And I carried it. I said, he told me that knock an elephant out. He's about three months pregnant. And I, I didn't go back and see her no more for like four more months. She's big as all. I said, baby, this stuff didn't work. She said, I didn't say I was going to take it. You know, see, the day I told you I was like that, I was leaving town. I was going to the Cleveland home for unmarried mothers. So I said, well, let's get married, you know. Let's get married. Now, here come my daughter. She's Bye. six years old. She's, uh, she's six years old now, and she's at uh, all these good schools in Massachusetts now. So she comes and said, Dad, I got to write an essay paper, and uh, I had a choice of writing it on the astronauts or the family, so I picked the family, six-year-old child. And the first question I want to ask you is, how did you propose to mother? I said, Michelle, we got married February the 2nd. You was born March 28th, and she calculated, oh, I think I'll do it on the astronauts. (laughs) 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 One thing, when they're smart, they don't take no time to figure out them. So now we fast forward, and all all of my children had to go to black colleges, huh? black colleges, except Michelle. Right? Michelle was the best girls basketball player in the state of Massachusetts, and at that time, see, she's fifty five now. So way back then, that Title IX case hadn't gone up with black colleges. If you gonna have a boys basketball team, you have to have a girl. So no black college had a girls team. So against my better judgment, I let her go to a white college. And now I tell her she's the only fool in the house. And if she didn't have two PhDs from the London School of Economics, we'd have been put you in a mental hospital. And so, so when I go over there with my wife, and my wife is so happy, she's see her pick up these PhDs, and, and she says, mm. I said, baby, that's your glamour. I don't need to go with you. That, you know, if you took that stuff, it wouldn't be no Michelle. Oh, come on here. Let's go. So I go, and so she's so happy, tears coming down her eyes. And she said, you, what do you think about Michelle? And I said, I feel like you should have took the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. So that's, uh, uh, I've been blessed. Blessed and Yes, it's in the phone book. I, I ain't never had a bodyguard. Why? Black folks made me. You know, black folks listened to me before I was funny. And when they got through listening to me, they pushed me all the way to downtown Chicago to white clubs where they couldn't even afford to come see me. That's why I have to be obligated to go back. That's why I'm obligated to go back. And what a, what a. What a beautiful ride, God. What a beautiful ride. King, king, king. Whew. 
with Malcolm now. Yes. Malcolm, Malcolm, Malcolm. Jesus Christ. So you got you got some questions we deal with them, you know. Yeah. Um. What I was able to extract from TV One episode is that you had a very, uh, or you should I say, you had a very strong commitment to the freedom of Mr. Mandela. Oh, that was, uh, that was kind of. No, so that was kind of sad. Uh, being my wife in nineteen, okay, because uh, seventy six, went to Washington D.C. and went to the South African Embassy. Knocked on the door. They opened the door, and they let us in. And I said, I would like to speak to your Prime Minister. He's not here. He's in. So I asked, well, get him on the phone. And then and they got him on the phone. And, and, and then until 5 o'clock, they was ready to close. And I said, we're not going. He said, but we're closed. I said, no, we're not going. I'm not going until I talk to the prime minister. And so they called the police. And, and the police put her in one car to the women's jail and me in another car to the men's jail. And a white cop. Almost had tears in his eyes. He says, Mr. Gregory, do you feel strange in there? I said, well, sort of. He said, do you know what the majority of the people in this town are Negroes? This is the first demonstration in the history of the South African Embassy. I didn't know that. Wow, you mean all these Negroes and nobody's? come to the South African Embassy before this? Yep. Mm-hmm. Did I feel bad? And Mandela, when I went over there, he knew about it, and he hugged me. And, and then uh, I didn't go to the funeral because I couldn't believe that he forgive all them white folks, him and Tutu, and that truth. I mean, they was doing research, or you had to come in and confess and if you ever came up again, you couldn't be arrested. And they came in by the thousands and talked about the research and how they snatched babies out of uh, South African women's bellies. Forgive them. I had no problem with that. But he couldn't forgive Winnie? Forgive them white killers? And couldn't forgive Winnie? Come on, y'all. <sighs> and so... What happened? The movement, I mean, they was going every day. They was Congress people. Everybody was going to jail. And that's what forced. I didn't force the boycott. Hey, Black Caucus and them had Congress pass legislation that any company dealt with them, they couldn't get federal loans or, or they couldn't sell products to the government. That was, that was oh, what a blessing, what a blessing, what a blessing. You know, that's politics. You had to do it, but I, I don't know. I guess he... And then six months before he died, they was voting in Cape Town to to name a street after him. You know, the white folk voted it down. <laughs> and you old folks, y'all South African thugs, you remember they had a nuclear bomb and after Mandela and the black folk took over... We don't hear no black folks or white folks talking about where that nuclear bomb go. <laughs> where did that yeah, nobody talk about it. 
But no, it was a it was a uh, a great move, great move. And that was my only problem. Was, uh, you know, uh, hey. uh, and the king thing. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I want to take a few of the callers. Um, yes, yes, yes. Their questions. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, family, I'm going to go to the phones. A lot of hands up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to everyone tonight, but I'm going to get to as many people as possible. Please bear with me. Got my fingers crossed, and I am, you know, asking the most high for this studio to work in, in compliance. All right? So let's try the 404 out. Okay, let's go to Atlanta. Let's go to 404-957. All right, family, please. Questions, comments, or concerns? Um... Let's keep them to a minimum. So we got to move through this thing. Let's call up on the 404. Okay, I got to wait for this line to open. You prayed that it would open. You think NBC would have to pray to God that their line would open? See, that's what happened when you're a thug. <laughs> you don't have to pray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing I'm just putting that good energy on it. Hmm? The ball is spinning. Yeah, the ball is spinning. Um, so I'm just waiting for it to open up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In the meantime, uh, I'm going to go to another line and just press it open because it's going to take a minute to open. So if one caller comes in while another caller is already actively on the phone asking a question, just wait till the caller finishes his call respectfully, and then you can come in with your question. So call up from the 773-231. Take it to Chi-Town. 773-231. Okay? So i got to wait for that line to open. And um, SD, I want to say thank you to everyone who is here tonight and will continue with us uh, through this particular journey. This definitely has already shaped up to be a monument tonight with so much information and insight you have given us. So we definitely want to say thank you for that. Just having fun. Loving. Think about all the black folks that passed through here, that they killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I told Betty they was gonna kill her. Mm-hmm. And the poor little boy, they was under mind control. They put something in his food. I went up there tonight, that's Sony Sanchez. I've been demonstrating in front of a federal court in uh Detroit. Uh-huh. And a black cop had said they found tapes of this man that Lord and Taylor's guard killed, choked to death. And the Detroit Free Press ran the story, a columnist. So we went in with a team. When it first happened, Al Sharpton, NAACP, so all of us went in. And this black woman, too, number two, not that little town outside of Detroit. 
and said, y'all don't want to, Mr. Kirk, can I talk to you, you and Martin, the third year? I said, yeah, I might not want to get involved with this because we got, we got video cameras, pictures of his whole family shoplifting. I said, miss, we're not here dealing with a shoplifting. We're here dealing with a murder. Hmm? So you go back and tell your boss that when he come out of here, I'm going to chastise him for sending you out here, black woman, to tell us to leave. Hmm? And so it ran in the Detroit Free Press. And the mother was there and her children at the rally. And I held the paper up. And I said, Detroit Free Press, we put a lawsuit in. And if you can bring the tape up today and show it to me about this family, I'll make a citizen's arrest. Otherwise, Detroit Free Press, this is not one of your reporters. This is one of the guys who writes a column. And you let them trash this paper like this. You pay for that. So we stood in front of the federal court all night. And two days later, the Detroit Free Press said it wasn't true. Hmm? I think they settled that court for like that case for $13 million. I got on the plane. I had a health seminar to do the next morning, Saturday in Detroit. And um, soon I had a call that Daddy was in the hospital. I said, Lil, why didn't you have somebody get in Tell me that Betty's in the hospital. She says, I didn't know about it. She went until this morning. So I called Joe Madison. I said, Joe, uh, when did when did when did you find out about it? She said, this morning. I said, well, she was burned last night. How can somebody be this important? And that news is held up till now. You know, something ain't right. Then I see Sonia Sanchez at the conference, and she was crying. And she said, soon as she finished speaking, she was going up. I said, I'll be right behind you. So I got on a train, went up, and, and took a cab to Mount Vernon, New York. Uh-huh. And you know who handled that case? The New York police and the New York mayor. That's not they said. They, they did that to convince the world that this is this is serious. Carried her to a hospital in New York. Huh? I, I got there that night. The Saturday night, he burned Friday, and I went right by the place, and and uh, white neighbors live on that floor. Said it was, it was four men with hoods on, that threw gasoline or something in when she came to the door. Now they didn't say Ku Klux Klan; they just said men with hood hiding their face. And her son, they carried him outside and let him go. It was raining hard and. He's in there, nothing but a pair of underwear shorts and barefooted in the, in the, in the rain. And now they come back and say he did. Hmm. And uh, and so they uh, and so they put a trachinology trick out there in her throat so she couldn't talk and tell what it really was and kept it there till she died. So that's uh, my friend Betty, my brother Malcolm. What a blessing. Oh, Malcolm, Malcolm, yes, just 
you you would Malcolm. You didn't, you couldn't. You feel uncomfortable. He's so bashful. He said yes or no sir to everybody. White folk, black folk, children, women. When that camera come on, you're in trouble. When that camera went on, he just as meek and humble as he could be. So what were you gonna say? You get something? Transform. Huh? So you transform when that when that camera came on, huh? Oh Jesus, wow! That camera came on. Mm, mm, mm. So the lines didn't open up again? Yeah, the lines, I'm, I'm having some difficulty opening up the lines. I'm going to attempt. Do you always have that? All the time. All the time? The last, the last few shows, I've been having an uh, issue with the lines. Mm-hmm. Seems like I got to, you know, the Internet starts acting up when, when it comes time to do the program. And then I have issues with the lagging of the lines. You know, lines mm-hmm. are not opening up. Mm-hmm. I gotta continuously try. So I'm gonna try one more time. Uh, let's go to call up the six one nine six one nine two one three. All right, let's try this line six one nine. Yeah. They uh, you know, put a lot of hands up. So I do wanna. Get some of the family engaged with some of the, some of these questions. <laughs> they ain't got much time. <laughs> they ain't got much time. Well, while we waiting, um, health, 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 health. Uh, black men. Yes, yes. Is somebody on? No, not as of yet. I did want to make mention that um, in your special, I saw you. And the picture with the Mooney Twins, of course, those are my partners there. Shout out to the Mooney Twins. And mm-hmm. you had the Bahamian diet. Yes. And, you know, at that particular time, I kind of was like the foray into multi-level marketing. Mm-hmm. Now that industry has taken off. And it's, it's, you know, it's estimated to be one of the biggest industries Oh yeah, but that's, that's white folks. Black folks are taking off. That white folks in 1950, uh, multi-level was created by the the Birches, the John Birches, and they didn't cut black folks in. They just they cut us out. They just never cut us in. But now, right. blacks have moved into that, thanks to a brother named James Allen, who who took my product and and got a company, Skirt of Graping, and in Switzerland to to back it and, and put up two hundred million dollars for my farm, you know, and uh, and that's what happened. So now it's, it's it's out there, it's big, and I would say to people, you know, that's a good way to go. I mean, I was just dealing with the Negro market back then, Jet and Ebony, and, and I was doing six hundred thousand dollars a day. Hmm? Mm, mail order. Six hundred thousand dollars a day. A day. Mail order. Mail order. Mail order. Mail order. Hmm? And uh, and then all at once it just it was getting in the way of me doing things with liberation. So uh, right. got out of that. And uh, and so, but black folks. Uh, Black men, 
Four percent of American population, eighty-two percent of prostate cancer death is black men. Oh, black men! You don't feel nothing. We're in a country with almost four hundred million people, and eighty-two percent of prostate cancer death is black men. Huh? Come on, y'all. Black women. Black men four percent. Black women six percent. Ninety-eight percent of fibroid tumors is black women. And the next highest amount is Jewish women, which y'all got in common is nappy hair. Y'all ain't honest enough just to get on mom and cuss God. Sister Roebuck didn't give you nappy hair. The Wall Street Journal didn't give you nappy hair. The same God that gave you your heart gave you nappy hair for all the ones you're going to dictate to God. You don't have the integrity to cuss God. I said, I know you know, but you messed up on this hair. When did fibroid tumors hit? My mama didn't have them. Grandma didn't have them. It's not a germ. Huh? It's not a disease. It's when y'all start using perms. You put them chemicals in your head. Hmm? And it goes through into your brain. And now you got fibroids. You go tamper with something that God gave you. Okay, why don't you cut your, cut your baby toes off? You know, your baby toes. And you know what? You won't be able to walk. That's your equilibrium. That those determine, determine your balance, huh? Them little toes. Yeah, hmm? the outer toe, yeah, the little toe. You hear me? It's the truth. Cut your, cut your two thumbs off, you know? Ain't going to do nothing without the thumbs. You can't do nothing. You can't drive. You can't change your baby diaper. You can't wipe your butt when you go to the toilet. You can't comb your hair. You know who you messing with, chump? Huh? Huh? Do you? And so now, go around the world. Ain't another woman on the planet that's not in show business. Wear all kind of go to Italy and see if you see all kind of wigs. You know, they don't, what's wrong with you? Oh, I know what it is. I, you know, please. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, God gave you nappy hair, and these folks for reason. For reason, sure. Cop wears a bulletproof vest. That's not to keep him getting shot, to keep him getting killed. That's what nappy hair is. The melanin, when it comes down, that sun rays come down, if it went straight into the melanin, it messes up. Oh, God gave you nappy hair as a bulletproof vest, so it got to go through the cars before it can get there. <laughs> so, we so messed up, we don't even know we messed up. Hmm? Okay. So let me just say this here. Um, there's an article come out that never got released for some reason. Study reveals why African Americans are five times more likely to suffer heart disease. Hmm? Heart disease. And, uh, and the reason it goes back to two ingredients. Nitric oxide, the brain, the body mix. And that mixes in. And and if you take uh, L L arginine, you get nitric oxide. You just get a little bit amount, you know, like the water in your eye, just a little bit amount. And so the fact that you don't get the vitamin D you want because our skin it takes longer for it to go through. So those of y'all listening to me, it ends up with 
sugar diabetes, high blood pressure, strokes, all of that can stop. Black folks suffer from it starting age 20. But if you go down to the health food store and get vitamin D3 and L-arginine, okay, and take that, then that will make the nitric oxide. And that whole condition will be removed from strokes to high blood pressure to hypertension to sugar diabetes. That's simple. That's simple. The research was done at the at Ohio, Ohio University. Ohio University. Y'all uh, kind of Google that and drink water. Somebody there? Peace. Peace. Peace, Peace. Peace, brother. Sister, yes. Peace. Greetings. Greetings to you. Okay, one of the lines has finally opened, I see. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Okay. Yes, sir. Peace, Peace, Baba Dick Gregory. Peace to you and the family. Where you calling from? I'm calling from North Carolina right now. I'm one of the blue brother. Yes, yes, yes. What part of North Carolina? Charlotte, brother. Charlotte, 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 Baba Dick. Yes. You know who Charlotte's named after, don't you? Yes, Baba Dick. I was even talking to um, my brother Blue Pill about that today, right, Blue? <laughs> yes, and indeed. You know, yes, she was. You know uh, 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 Queen... Queen Mecklenburger. Queen Mecklenburg. Yeah, was married to King George III, but she had a, a, a she had a more raw blood than he did, although he was the mm-hmm. king. Uh, he came... Her blood came from the German line, the, the Mecklenburgs. The mulatto. So, her and her sister, they had a bunch of family, but their sister, was they were just tight. She's so glad her sister was king, queen. She was glad. So she lived with her. And one day, oh, Charlotte's hair started getting nappy. <laughs> they said, oh, my God, what a mother done done. So we don't mess this thing up. Huh? They sent her to the New World. So she come to Charlotte with a big old pot of money and did so good. They named the city after her. <clears throat> Charlotte. Just happened to be in the county of Mecklenburg. Yeah. <laughs> White folks, I love them. <laughs> Charlotte is in the county of Mecklenburg. <laughs> I'm sorry, but what 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 were you going? No, that, no, you you hitting the, you you synchronized with us because that's the conversation me and the brother was having earlier. So it's like. You being the elder, you already know what the youngest is speaking of, you know. So that's a beautiful yeah, thing yeah. right there. <laughs> but all all elders don't don't can't lead you on a path. It was a time when they was into nature and the universe, right? But they every elder I know, you know, uh, don't have no problem with Jesus being white and Santa Claus being white. Uh, I don't know if I said earlier, my Muslim cousin of mine in St. Louis, he, I slipped and said, I don't celebrate no whitey Christmas holiday. I said, any time Christmas come on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and your bank's closed, you celebrate. Hmm? <laughs> man, I'm speaking to a legend right now. Baba, Baba Dick, man. Yeah. I remember the, one of the first times I remember seeing you on, on video is one when you were um, hosting, when you were presenting Bob Marley in San Francisco. I yeah. remember that. 
And yeah. the, from then, I always wondered who Dick Gregory was, and I was like probably in my teens then. So you know, it just mm-hmm. goes goes to show that you always been around and you've been there holding it down for the community. You know what I'm saying? Well, let me even tell last you. night, I was yeah, watching Panther, and you one were minute, on there. One, one minute. Let hold on, hold on. Let me tell you about Bob Marley. Um, Bob Marley office got in touch with me and, and offered me $40,000 to be his opening act at Harvard University Yard. And I politely turned it down. Now, his humanity. I mean, at that time, Bob Marley was making more in one month than I'd make in three years. <laughs> They'd fill stadiums wow. up all over the world, 40, 50, 100,000 people, right? Mm. And so his humanity... He got on a plane and flew to Boston and drove to my house to see me mm. and wanted to know how could somebody with my wisdom feel that way about him. He didn't know it. I said, well, the way I feel about you is because of your your song you did, Buffalo Soldier. <laughs> Praying some Negroes that this vicious country sent west to kill the buffalo, to starve the Indian to death. And he cried. He said he didn't know that. I said, my grandmother didn't know, didn't know it neither, but she's not a genius. You are. You're supposed to know stuff like that. <clears throat> then I started researching the buffalo. The buffalo came from Asia. 300 million buffalo was here. <laughs> <laughs> And that's how they had to break the Indian. Hmm? Mm. Them thugs. Them thugs. Them thugs. Hmm? Buffalo soldiers. And then just to look at his humanity, I just said, brother, not only will I do it for you, tell you off that they don't have to pay me one nickel, and they will mm. become friends. And that's what the brother was saying. When he saw me introduced by morning, San Francisco, that was... That came after that happened. What a, what a brother. And he called me, and when they got him, they, they started off with a headache, and he said, uh, I know I need you to look at this foot, you in D.C. I'll be at the University of Maryland on Friday, but he had to cancel. And they were so tricky. When they took him to New York, they called me from the hotel in New York, and he said, and I'm here, and my phone number's this, my phone number's that. And I'd call him every day, and, I just didn't get him. I didn't know they'd left him there. The registered, didn't they? And slipped him to Germany where they killed him. Hmm? Ends up with cancer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, who was the other guy? The, uh, uh, the Peter other Tosh. Guy? Huh? Peter Tosh? No. Uh, the other, he was just, he died in Germany. He killed him and killed him too, big time. And then uh, sitting at the dock of the bay, what was his name? Oh, Otis Redding, Otis Redding. Yeah, Otis Redding said he's opening up a Negro record label and no longer will white folk control black music. <laughs> and that, oh, wow. played, his plane went down in a cornfield. <laughs> wow. Never oh, stopped. So you have another question, brother? Baba Gregory, I was wanting to ask you about... um. One of your next good friends, Bob, was Steve Coakley. Oh, you know that was murder. I mean, if it wasn't, hey, man, let me tell you how it works. 
if I hang up this phone and tripped and fell and fractured my skull, you know how many people around the world would swear the government did it. <laughs> and I try to leave notes saying they did. <laughs> I, I, I crawled to my table and said, get out of here, you CIA. Get out of here. <laughs> That's the right thing about being, about being right, you know. The, the bad people get blamed for it. But if you're really right, you gotta, you got a protection in they can't kill you. God asked me, you last year, how come you still alive? I just went to my my, my ghetto because I'm because I haven't died yet. That's all. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> but if I thought the universal God out there too couldn't protect me against some thugs like the FBI and the CIA, I would cuss God and help them pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. See, they're here messing around with something they... Do you realize you take a poor, white, black, ghetto sister, can't read or write, and when she's nine months pregnant, all the major armies in the world can't open up her leg and make that baby stay in her. They're dealing with something else they can't deal with. <laughs> when nine months pregnancy is up, the baby going to fall if it means death to the mother and the child. America's nine months pregnant is just about up. So if y'all not planning on changing it, I ain't talking about them. They can't talk about you. And have fun and have fun quick because recess is just about over. Just about over. And you go back to them dinosaurs. Dinosaurs been gone two billion years, but they don't tell you along with the dinosaurs. The butterfly was there. And uh, the turtle. A butterfly, a little sweet butterfly. And there's a book out called Chaos, and they talk about that butterfly. They talk about that butterfly park in uh, in Peking, and butterflies over there now flapping their wings determine what your weather going to be like nine months later in New York City. And the reason they can't let you know that because it was damage the credibility of white supremacy. You mean a butterfly can do that? We can't do it, huh? They ain't a butterfly. And I always look at the butterflies as a black woman. You know, caterpillar starts off a caterpillar. And you ever touch the caterpillar? Nobody likes nobody likes a caterpillar. They think it's ugly. Whew, caterpillar. Nobody's ever gave you a caterpillar for Valentine's Day. <laughs> I love you, Mary. I love you, Billy. And then out of that caterpillar, look at this sister now. She hooks to a tree. And that cocoon. Starts warming up inside and go through all kinds of strife, and out of that <coughs> comes this beautiful butterfly. That's the black Walmart. Butterfly. <laughs> and you know that butterfly can fly all the way across the Atlantic Ocean, fly all the way across the Pacific Ocean, but the bald eagle can't make that trip. Hmm? Mm. Hmm? Bald eagle. The sister, the sister, the her, 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 hurricane, 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 hurricane. Her. Hurricane. See, right. Real white folks know who that is. Hurricane. <laughs> hurricane. Hurricane is the spirit of a black woman. All hurricanes start right there at West Africa at the same spot where the slaves was put on the ship. Huh? <laughs> all all hurricanes stay in the water and follow the same path that the slave ship followed. Hello. Yeah. No 
slave was offloaded the ship till it got to the Caribbeans. No hurricanes jumped above water till it get to the Caribbeans. Trip is over. Now let's deal. And that hurricane had hit this east coast and come all the way to Maine. And those of y'all that been there know Maine is as close to Canada as you are to your hand. And Canada's never had a hurricane because Canada, although they had slavery, they never treated a black woman like America did. So when it gets there, it turns north and go back out to sea and say, let me go on back home and get ready for these next victims, huh? Mm -hmm. Black woman, huh? Black woman, huh? So when we stop and see that, that power, and we look at it insignificant because white supremacy, no. Didn't that white dude say, if you got one thirty second or what? Help me, y'all. Black blood? Yeah, one thirty second of Negro blood. You are a Negro, huh? Negro. But you know what he was telling you? Can y'all, can y'all wake up every now and then? He was saying, in order to equal one Negro, I got to put 32 white folks next to him. That's his count, not mine. Huh? Mm. And you missed that? If you got one thirty-second of Negro blood in you, you white be. So put 32 white boys next to me and equal one of me. That's what he told you. And you running around your mouth all poked out. Mm. Well, well, if, if we so good, and they so bad, how we get over here? You violated God, huh? You over there putting plates in your lips and bones in your nose? And God said, "That's my body. I gave you that. You wanna, you wanna mess up that body? I'll send you to the body messer upper." And why do you think black folks are so sensitive now, without even knowing the story about their lips and their nose? What do you think that's about? <laughs> All them thousands of years, I still got a problem with Manova. You messed them up. Hmm? Messed them up. The Chinese hate the Japanese with all they might and all they people. Because when the Japanese invaded them in 1933, they told the Japanese army, when you get over there, don't mess with none of the, the old men soldiers. It's every young boy you see, with a tattoo on, blow their brains out, because tattoo represents revolution. Hmm? Mm. Hmm? Oh. You remember the confetti? Remember on, on mm-hmm. all the walls, huh? You remember mm-hmm. that? You see it on bridges, huh? And nobody asked, how'd they get on the bridge? They didn't shut the, they didn't shut the bridge down. They shut the highway down. They had no cops out here directing traffic. I went to bed and woke up, and wow, it's there. And have you noticed... When the graffiti disappeared, it shows up on my body. That's what the tattoos are about. And the people who's into it can tell you the exact day this winter falls. Look, I can't. That's what tattoos are about. Tattoos. And so, thanks to the turtle, and that's what I got from the King Movement, the Civil Rights Movement, I learned how to be a turtle. Turtle survived the dinosaur. What's a turtle? Hard on the outside, soft on the inside, and willing to stick your neck out. That's simple. 
<laughs> Turtle Studios. Shout out to the turtles. Beautiful. Beautiful. Some of them dinosaurs <laughs> was bigger than mountains. They're gone, man. They gone. They're gone. The simplicity of it. The simplicity. Yeah. Listen, brother. Let me indeed, yeah, indeed. while you're speaking, indeed. let me open up. No, you don't got to go nowhere. Let me just open this line up because it's going to take a second to open up. 719-717-734. Okay. 917-734. All right. Yes, I have please. to call and report to my wife. <laughs> when the phone rings, she said, you do it? Yeah. How you peace. Doing? I loved it. Okay, I'm going peace. back to sleep. <laughs> peace. Hey, peace. Peace, 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 peace. Brother Dick Gregory, Brother Blue Pill, this is a fantastic show. Thank you. Um, uh, I, I just want to say, I, I just want to add, I don't have a specific question. Yes. But you speaking about um, vitamin D, and um, I just wanted to add, because right now is an important time for people of heavy melanation to understand what I'm about to say. Yes. The sun uh, releases or it enters the um, the earth's uh, it, uh, UVB at mm-hmm. 50 degrees altitude. This is very important because UVB, that specific ray, they, it, yeah. it, the sun gives off UVA, UVB, and UVC. The UVB is where vitamin D actually uh, 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 resides. Yes. So it's important for us to check the altitude every day mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. this point, when, from spring. Mm-hmm. And... Um, when it gets to 50-degree altitude, so you can take advantage and get the natural form of vitamin D. And the darker you are, the longer you need to be out there. The more clothes you have on, the longer you need to be out yeah, there. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what they don't do. Let me just say this to you. Let me say this to you. If you lived in the equator, hot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you came here in the wintertime, you got the wrong outfit, okay? Mm-hmm. That's right. So they brought me here. This blackness I have, it was the deal with the equator sun. Mm-hmm. This sun, okay, it don't get through here. I got to stay longer, but I don't. We run from the sun. We do this. And let me correct one thing politely. Mm-hmm. When a person take alcohol or drugs, and get high, the alcohol and the drugs don't make them high. It's the reaction to your body running up there to deal with that. It's Mm -hmm. that action that makes you feel high. Hmm? Mm -hmm. Okay? The vitamin D do not come from the sun. It gives you the chemistry that when the body reacts with it, the sun is produced, the D is produced in your body. Mm. There's a lot of things that, that that's like that inside the body. For every one pound of weight you gain, the body creates seven miles of blood vessels. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yes. See, no, Harvard, no and Yale, Harvard and Yale don't know nothing about that because they into they they crap. Now, let's say, wait a minute. So if you create ten pounds in two weeks. You got 70 miles of blood vessels? Yes, 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 yes. That's the, the wonder of the universe. As we sit now, 
you got 100,000 miles of blood vessels in your body now that make a complete cycle every 30 seconds. I mean, your body's traveling 200,000 miles an hour, and they got me believing the jet plane is fast. Now, when you get ready to lose weight, I had that Walter Hutton. He weighed 1,500 pounds. At that time, I didn't know that you take 1,500 pounds and you multiply it by seven, and that's how many blood vessels he got. Now, what happens is they had to take you to the hospital and take the fat away. That's blood vessels. No, 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 no. All you got to do is when you lose the weight is start drinking water. Hmm? Blood vessels will go away because they're not being used. Hmm? Mm-hmm. The water don't go through the blood vessels. So they'll start decreasing and decreasing and decreasing. That's the human body. And so hmm. and so when we stop and think about it, you're right. And what I'd like to do, would you ask the brothers if he's still online to give you his number and call Leo and give it to him tomorrow because I want to share something with him and let him share some stuff with me. Yes. If you have I would appreciate that. I'd appreciate that. And so did you have okay. another question? But, but you're right. You're right. You're oh, right. Oh, oh, no. Well, actually, um, yeah, I do. I wanted to know if you ever did any research on um, endotoxicity. I was looking at um, uh, some research and um, in regards to someone was talking, they were talking about um, meat and uh, the bacteria in meat. And when people the eat bacteria meat. In, the bacteria in what? In, in meat. In meat, oh, yeah, yes, yes. In meat, in meat. and they said it's not. Uh, it's the bacteria in meat that actually um, swells uh, the actual veins and arteries, and they refer to it as endo, an endotoxin. Yeah. Well, keep talking, you know, but understand this: it's the bacteria on money that can give okay. you the flu. <laughs> oh, sure, bacteria. sure. Yeah. So sure. no, no. Uh, the guy that, 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 that the guy I have to call him because he just passed away. Uh, Dr. Jimmy Carter that did a lot of my research, and I I asked him to find out. I needed him to find out the the number one authority on breast milk in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve Jaffe was, was my hunter, but he came back and he said, "Well, it's two of them rated the same at Oxford University, and wouldn't you know, both of them are men." <laughs> mm. So I promised a million dollars. So I said, well, tell them both to come in. I give them a million dollars apiece. So I carried them to a black hospital in New Orleans, Flint Goodrich Hospital. And, uh, mm. and so a uh, guy came to me and he says, well, we don't understand uh, why we're getting paid so much money you know, to do this research on, on, on breast milk. I said, well, <laughs> if I understood it, y'all wouldn't be here. I can't tell you why you're right. here. I'm trying to find out something, and I'm looking to the authorities. You might not know it. That's ain't no problem. Mm. And the one thing I found out is that when a woman is nursing a baby and the other breast start leaking, I always thought that was milk. No, no. If you're nursing the baby on your right breast, the left breast me- me- starts leaking the poison. If you're a smoker, you've been around smokers, if you drink alcohol, if you're taking prescription medicine, all that comes out of that other breast so the baby cannot get it. Hmm? Mm. And so after it was over, 
I said, well, uh, I can tell you all what I'm looking for. This is 35 years ago. Uh, I haven't found it yet, but you all might find it. My mother's 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 mother was the nanny for the white woman. Mm. That's my mother's milk that went into that. And in that baby's, my mother's milk went into it. And all I was trying to find out is how many generations do white folks have to feed their baby my mother's milk before they become a Negro. That's all I was trying. That's all. Wow. When you're making $600,000 a day, you ain't looking for nothing. One of the things I did before I made any money, I realized if I ever make some money, I owe myself hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of treats just to get even. Okay? So it wasn't about family. It wasn't about that. If you want to be a brain surgeon, there's certain things you have to do to prepare yourself. So when I went to Egypt and saw them old raggedy pyramids, don't tell me about them damn pyramids. Whatever they did, and they're not doing now. Mm-hmm. And don't tell me the pyramids come from Egypt. The pyramids come 6,000 years before there was Egyptian on the planet, the Nubians. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Okay? And the reason they give it to the Egypt because they're the lightest African on the continent of Africa. So I went everywhere. I went everywhere. And I thought, children, man, I mean, black, black brothers and sisters did this. Oh, wow, wow. And I come back, and I was kind of ready. You know, I got a treat. I got most of that stuff out of my head, most of it. It's, We'll never get out because I had it there too long, but I know how to contain it for a minute. And so, and, and, and so consequently, I did all kinds of, of, of research. And then these white brothers went back to yonder and got a grant, man. <laughs> and I got a call, I guess, 15 years ago, maybe maybe 10 years ago, to say, uh, Mr. Gregory, uh, so-and-so, so-and-so, it's already happened. I said, who is this? Said, You're a doctor, you know, did the research on breast milk. Oh, it's already happened. So just keep a look around and look at the young whites now. They act like white. They talk loud like white. They play music loud. <laughs> they don't give a damn about education. Huh? Uh, Brother Gregory, did you did you ever publish that, uh, that um, study that you did on the breast milk? No, no, no. I, I'm not doing that for them. You know, I'm going to reduce myself down with Harvard and Yale who don't know nothing. I don't have to do it for them. They do it for, right. it for me. Right. No, when I go buy me a new suit, I don't publish it. Well, they don't see me in it. I look at black folks now. If you don't use, use N-word, that's an insult when they do shows like that. And you know they know who I am. Out of all them shows, I'm the one that named the book Nigger when nobody would dare pull it out the club. Do you know I ain't never been asked on one of them shows and probably wouldn't go. You know why? You know what that word do you know, can you name one black person that sit in the room with them white folks that made that decision? That is, be no word named nigger no more. But Hollywood use it. Don't you black folks feel bad? Hollywood use it. Django use it. Abraham Lincoln use it. <laughs> they movies. The butler use it. It's okay for white folks to use it, but not you, nigger. Huh? And y'all buy into that? Hmm? Name one white person. That was in that room that could tell you it was black. Let me tell you where that came from. Mark Furman, 
the lead homicide cop on the O.J. Simpson. Right. The, them good lawyers came in there and did the research and found all the documents where he used the word nigger, 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 nigger. And they brought it and read it in court. And white folks think that O.J. did it, but the reason he got away was the word nigger. And that's why they said we're going to churn it down. Can you imagine Jews being stupid enough to let some Nazis tell them, uh, don't use the word swat sticker no more or concentration camp, huh? Are you crazy? If I say all oh, you hoes listening to me stand up, you get mad. You ho, I didn't call your name. Why y'all always want to claim something? <laughs> if I said you was the greatest baseball player in the world, you'd wonder who I'm talking about because you know it ain't you. Hmm? Anything good, you know it's not you. Anything negative, you want to claim it, huh? Great. Hmm. Hmm. Right. I'm at the yeah. head of the movement one night. Well, we got a hell of a fight. We Shelton's head of the Klan, and there's a restaurant in Tuscaloosa. That's his, his headquarters is up. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.